Welcome to the Joy of Film podcast, end of the year, best of the year film episode. Technically episode 11. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Rich Lepore. Jordan Alsaker. Kevin Schaefer. And we could not be more excited to be kicking off with film this year. I'm Is this the first year we did film or did we do film we last, last year? year? We did yeah. film yeah. last year, but much more limited. We're going We're going full on awesome. categories, categories out the wazoo. We got nine different, our top three, uh, most disappointing, most surprising, worst, okay. favorite character, favorite performer, and favorite scene. A lot to talk about. We're going to try and uh, get through all of this without going insane. Uh, it's the first of four shows, though, so right, we'll see where right. we're at by the end of it all. It's going to be it's going to be exciting. And you know, uh, I guess the best thing to do right before we talk about our categories is to talk about the year as a whole, mm. in, in, briefly. Sure. Um, I know that I, I remember you saying on our last film episode that there were some real highlights this year, but it's not your favorite year in film. Would you say it was not my favorite? I would say in the past few years, twenty fourteen was a really surprising one. That one, I had movies that. I really loved both on an indie level and blockbuster. Is that there the one with the uh, the drumming one and uh... a Whiplash? Yeah, it was Whiplash, Birdman, Grand Budapest Hotel, and oh, then we had some great. So then, then there were some great blockbusters like Winter Soldier, Edge of Tomorrow. Um, what else was that? I'm trying to think. Uh, there were some good ones that year. Um, this cool. one, how was fifteen? Fifteen was pretty solid. Um, actually, on a slight note there. I, so I revisited Steve Jobs recently. I put it in my top three last year. I would actually bump that to my number one. After Are you serious? Because I started watching it. I it's, loved it's, it. It's, it's, I, first of all, just to, sure. get, to preface this, I only watched the first couple minutes. Uh-huh. Sure. Or, like, excuse me, almost the whole first scene. Uh-huh. You know, there's yeah, three yeah. parts. Right, I think. right, right. That's and I, I liked it, but it looked a little weird and stilted. I, I haven't fully gotten Well, that f- was the kind of point is, like, okay. they shoot it in a different camera for each of those three acts because they're trying to show the evolution of technology. The technology. Interesting. And Interesting. so I really love that as a but so that's no, just, I'm not just saying like it's bad. I just, right, I, I'm right. sure you have to see the whole thing to really yeah, get I it. would I would watch the whole thing, but as far as That's your number one That would I would actually bump above it was my it was like two or three last year, but I would bump it up yeah, to my number one. We all have um, have long term changes. Oh yeah, yeah. Like, oh yeah. that's for Absolutely. sure. If we were to revisit two thousand eleven, which was the first gaming year we did, mm-hmm. that that would I think change a little oh, respectively. Yeah. Uh, oh, but, definitely. I mean, sure. these these things happen. Um, but 2016 in movies, yeah. like, it was... Uh, I mean, you know, there's always surprises that come out of it. It's hard to judge it as a whole because... Just um, happened. Yeah, because, you know, <laughs> it, it just happened and... I mean, there's movies know, that I saw, like, two days ago that, exactly. that are maybe on my list, maybe not. Exactly, right? exactly. Right. And, you know, I mean, they always crank out, you know, the Oscar-y ones at the end of the year. Um, and you have to try to catch them all and you have to process that and... Um, but Blockbusters wasn't, like, the most impressive for me. And we had Civil War, which was great. But um, some of the others were not as uh, uh, entertaining for me. But uh-huh. um, it was still... There were still some really solid ones that came out of it. And I'm looking forward to talking about those today. How about you, Jordan? Uh, I'll, I'll say it was an interesting list to make. Yeah. yeah. I found, like, there there were some categories... I, I'll say it was a year that, that struck down the middle. Because when I was thinking in terms of... Worst, there was a clear winner for me. I mean, mm-hmm. I was surprised by it, and I'm sure some of you out there will be too, or or not, if you read the website. Sure. Uh, then there were disappointing was probably the hardest category for me. In all honesty, I was it was, it was it's not it's not a terrible film that took the spot, but it was just it, it. There weren't a lot of films I was expecting much from this year, mm-hmm. to be right. honest. And right. the ones I did expect a lot from mostly all met their their match. Sure. So well, I'll say this about it, uh, and 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 this is a preface to my lists. 
Um, as usual, um, I have some controversial choices on my list. Uh, not oh just con- not just because I want them to be controversial, but right, because right. I really feel that way. Okay. Um, so I'm really my list is a real mix between favorites and best. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's an important thing. Oh, uh, I think it is. But, it's, but my list is neither mm-hmm. and, and both. You know, um, do you contain multitudes? I do contain <laughs> multitudes. I am vast, much like our favorite author, um, Alesh Kot. Um, but anyway, anyway. So um, with that said, 2016. Uh, let's let's talk about it. Let's do All it. Right. Uh, how, uh, what are we kicking off with, Jordan? Category. Uh, we're gonna kick off with our best performer. So actor, okay. actress, CGI creation, maybe. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, moth. <laughs> no, but Grand Inquisitor uh, Moth. As ever, we're gonna start out and do our kind of rotating order for these but okay. kevin why don't you kick yeah. us off all right favorite we'll performer way. of the year favorite performer so i picked an actor and an actress which i'll both talk about briefly um favorite actor so this is a guy who the first time i saw him was in some disney channel movie years and years ago and in recent years he has done some amazing work um he made a really good movie in 2015 and one of my favorites in 2016. It sounds Paul, like you're... Paul Dano is okay. my favorite actor. It sounded like you were setting up Shia LaBeouf. Yeah, no, 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 no. That was, yeah, <laughs> he is not an actor. That, yeah. <laughs> you cannot pick him. I don't him. even... Well, he did something this year, but I don't even know. But, you can't um, pick him. Paul Dano, he starred in Swiss Army Man this year. And in 2015, he played the young Brian Wilson in Love and Mercy, which I also watched earlier this year and loved it. Um, this, I just really loved... Everything about his performance here in in a movie that's both performance driven and really uh, unique on a visual and storytelling scale. Um, I thought he really mastered that character. Um, great facial expressions, great um, physicality and vocal work, and chemistry with Daniel Radcliffe. And um, so everything about his performance really was engrossing for me. Um, and then my favorite actress was Hallie Steinfeld from Edge of Seventeen. I thought um, in a really entertaining coming-of-age movie that felt right up there with all the John Hughes classics. Um, she really nailed that character and um, did so much from showing the angsty side and the emotional aspects. Um, I thought she... And, I mean, I, she did great when in her breakout performance in the True Great remake a few years ago. Yeah. Um, and so I expected nothing less, but she really deserves recognition for that performance. Um, so those were my two favorites. Uh, I could say plenty more about them, but um, as far as I know, it's always exciting to see like younger actors do such amazing work and um, carry themselves so well. Um, so I hope that they get real recognition because... Oh, uh, Paul Paul Dano is the one I always he always he always makes an impression. Like, mm-hmm, the earliest yeah. I remember mm-hmm. was Little Miss Sunshine. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, even I didn't like the movie Prisoners, but he did a great job in okay, it as like sort of like the, oh, yeah. the victim-ish. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. weird. That I, I forget exactly right. how to describe that movie. But we don't need to right now. Sure. Um, and then Haley Steinfeld. Yeah, I, I, I think our most recent episode uh, yeah. just gushed about that movie. So, oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, she was great in it. Uh, she was me. also in True Grit, right? Yeah, yes. that was her break, big breakout. And she was in Ender's Game, which is not good, but she does well. Is it really that. not good? Is it really, really not good? Because mm. I kind of want to go back and watch it. Or should I, mean, I, it's, I just it's read the watching, book? I'll just read the book. Read the book first because I've heard it. That's great. Okay. Yeah. Um, so for me, this is always an. This is this is a, always it. This is it the is, first time hard. we've done it. Yeah. But uh, this is a tough category just because you know acting in film is different from acting on television oh, because absolutely. television you get a whole year worth usually of an right. actor doing a performance and seeing right. a lot of different layers and movies you know it's it's high speed and you probably are going to see a lot of yeah. performance layers but mm-hmm. for the most part you see performers in one film mm-hmm. or they're doing voiceover work 
uh, or they're, they're like Idris Elba was in a lot this year, but yeah. a lot of it was voiceover work or under huge prosthetics. Sure. Um, so this was tough for me. I ended up going to. I went with an actor who I liked a lot in both movies that they had this year, uh, Ryan Gosling. Yeah. Uh, in both uh, The Nice Guys and La La Land. Uh, he was... He surprised me in recent years. He went... He's, no, really I mean, he is an actor who does work. I yeah. mean, he, he'll come out with three, four movies a year mm-hmm. and then go... Not go away, but just <laughs> he'll have to reload the chambers. Right. He, he loves to work. He, he keeps doing interesting things. You know, he has a type. I'm not going to say that he... Sure. Has the greatest range, um, and maybe he has it, and we just haven't seen a lot of it yet, or you got to see more movies. Well, and that's okay. Like, he's one who, he has a type that really works for him, and he does so well in it. And they, he played, those are two very different characters. They're of know? a type. I yeah. mean, they, they have similarities. Sure. Um, but I think what makes it work for me is he manages to pull off being kind of a dick, but still likable. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And and more so in in La La Land than the nice guys. The mm-hmm. nice guys, he's pretty much just kind of a terrible person. But you want to see him. You want to watch him. And he does great. Like well, but the he's nice a good guys. father in the nice guys. <laughs> kind of, <laughs> kind of. But he he gives great performances. You know, yeah. he studied for months to do all the piano scenes in La La Land. Uh, his his just physicality yeah. and when he discovers the corpse in the nice guys that he's kind of like. Just there's like a slapsticky feel to that whole movie that he brings to it with his energy. He, he, I just really liked him this year, and right. while he might not have given like the most heart wrenching, actually he, he kind of did in, in La La Land, yeah, but yeah. he had, you know he had a lot of range within his own normal type of character. Right. So I just really liked Gosling this year. I, I've always enjoyed seeing him, so sure. I'm excited to see what he does next. And you know, seeing him in the Blade Runner 2049 teaser trailer and him face off with. Harrison Ford. It's really cool because I feel like he is our generation's Harrison Ford. He's the one that all the girls love, and he plays these characters who are like likable jerks. You know. Yeah. Uh, so that would be my best performer, uh, favorite performer of the year. Uh, Rich, who you, who you got? So I um I had to throw in uh, I, I I got a little thrown by you picking a, a guy and a girl, uh, so an actor and an actress, mm-hmm. and then you went with just an actor, which I thought was the category initially was just you pick one. I or mean, the it's other. either Kevin. Yeah. Or no, 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 that's cool. That's cool. So what I'm going to do is I will s- just if it, it, are you are you doing both? Yeah. I'm gonna All right, both. I'll throw out that for me, I'm going to give it to Amy Adams if we're she doing an great. actress. Yeah. Uh, her, she's always great. I, yeah. mean, I still need to see Nocturnal Animals, but yeah, yeah. No, I mean, Rebels. even even in BVS, she's giving it her all. She does, uh, right. but no, right. she's she's fantastic. And there's a lot of her yeah. this year. Like you know, with your TV argument, um, you know, we got her in BVS, we got her in Arrival, we got her in Nocturnal Animals. Yeah, she's fantastic in Arrival. Right. Um, yeah. she carries that movie and does Absolutely. it phenomenally. So she was she was on my short list. Um, I gave it to Gosling just because I. I, I liked both of his sure. movies as opposed to BBS, where she just was kind of doing what she had to. Sure. Uh, right. But, no, uh, Amy Adams was great this year as well. Okay, awesome. So, um, my actor of the year, or actor or actress of the year, um, because... Um, it, this, first of all, this was a huge surprise for me. Um, and uh, this was this is an actor that I heard uh, had like a, a star-making turn in this film. If you say Jared Leto. Kill no, <laughs> I, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't. 
I didn't even think about going there. I didn't even think That's about what going it sounded there. Like. I haven't oh, seen the extended wow. cut yet, so I haven't seen all of his brilliance on the awesome. screen yet. No, no, no. I'm not going. That would be controversial for controversy's sake at that point. I like the Joker fine, but I mean, it's not okay, like a masterpiece. It's, no. it's not. It's not Heath Ledger's performance. So, okay. um, but close. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Okay. So, I uh, know I was not expecting this at all. Uh, and when he was cast in a huge, huge, huge role in an upcoming movie. Um, I was like, wow, I really can't wait to see the movie he was in this year and see what kind of performance he put in. Um, the film is Hail Caesar. Um, and uh, the actor is uh, Alden Ehrenreich. Okay. Who, yeah. in this movie, I mean, he destroys this movie. I love that. He no, kills. Have you seen it? Oh, yeah, I actually yeah. just saw it the other night. Yeah, um, me too. He kills that movie. Yeah, really. That movie, literally, I, I almost feel like he's the star of that movie, yeah. more so than Clooney. Uh, if there's two stars, it's obviously him and... Uh, Brolin. Brolin. Yeah. Or, uh, I would say Brolin more than Clooney, just because Clooney yeah, it's just more, sort of chills. Yeah, right, yeah. Right. But Brolin maybe maybe slightly edges out Alden for the star, being the star because of the most screen time, but I think it's close. Alden Ehrenreich is like in so much more of that movie than I thought he was going to be in and he just kills it that scene with him and Ray, uh, Fiennes. Ray Fiennes mm-hmm. is, is one of the best scenes of the year it um, it's genius it's written perfectly but he just plays that role so well and what I love about it is at first it's like this is just a dumb guy you know he is dumb he's he, sure. and he's always been in westerns and he's completely out of his league and all sure. these other things but as the movie goes on he has depth and he shows that he has street smarts Absolutely. he has a different type of intelligence and mm-hmm. he pulls that off so well yeah. It's completely authentic and it's hilarious. That performance is amazing. And although I still can't picture him as Han Solo, whatever they decide to do with it, I'm sure will be genius because yeah. he is so talented. Oh, I think he's got a really exciting feature out of him. No, he's so talented. I, I enjoyed that movie all right. Yeah. I felt like it was a little too scattershot. Yeah. Uh, it was yeah. more, you know, that's what they were doing. They were just trying to ape every golden age of cinema mm-hmm. scene. Mm-hmm. And the overall plot, I don't think they even thought it mattered. And right. that's, that's the Coens when they decide to get Screwball. But no, Alden Ehrenreich was fantastic in it. The uh, yeah, would that it were so simple scene is fantastic. It's one of my two favorites in the movie. And one thing I love about that too, I'm glad you mentioned that because it reminds me that when they pulled off the performance that you see in the real film, they actually do nail it. They actually find a way to get him to do a good performance by and changing the by lines. changing the lines. Yeah. But it works, it and he found a way to work with him. I mean, it's just that whole interchange. Everything, pretty much everything, Alden Ehrenreich is involved in in that mm-hmm. movie works really well. Absolutely, uh, he's really the the MVP. I mean, there's no. no I mean, question. he sells the he sells the the slight bit of chemistry they have on that date with the 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 actress. Yes, I, I, I'm invested in the two of them real mm-hmm. quick. Even, right, even though you you know it could have so easily devolved into why would she ever be interested in somebody so dim witted you know right, it could right, have been right. and it was not that and he has all these interesting aspects to him that I just thought that was just I mean I was I could almost go great best character too yeah. really well written character but I think for, for me if it weren't him it wouldn't have been as good so that's why he gets actor um, my other one is my best uh, actress I think we, we call all actors and actresses actors now technically right? yeah, yeah. It's um, not but, like but yeah happened yeah. fully sure. um, and Gory Rice as Holly March in The Nice Guys Oh, okay. Um, yeah, yeah. She for me was by far my favorite character in that. She amazingly, with two amazingly stellar actors that mm-hmm. are, are, are in that film, she stole that movie. Every yeah. time she was on the screen, I was most interested. My eye was riveted to her. Right, right. You know, they always say don't act with small children and dogs because they always upstage you. She's not really a small child, but she certainly, in many cases, for me, upstaged uh, the, the other two actors often when she was in the scene. So she's my pick for the nice guys. Oh yeah, she's. I mean, in a movie that is so Shane Black and 
she just effortlessly stepped into that with these two giant Hollywood celebrities and carried it so well. I mean, she's he writes great kids. Uh, yeah, yeah. Because they obviously also put uh, the kid whose name I can't remember in Iron Man 3 and, and was oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. hugely yeah. like there. And has a cameo at the beginning of this movie. That's a great point that I'd completely forgotten. Yeah. Um, so he writes great kid characters. She did a great job performing. So, yeah, I can see that uh, pick making perfect sense. Right. Uh, cool. I don't think there's any contention so far, but we're no. only one no, in. We're only one in, right. Okay, uh, awesome. So next up, we're going to take a look at surprising. Okay. Uh, what film this year... Did you either have no expectation for or just kind of took you completely off guard? Uh, and I will be starting off this one. And I had a f- I, I only really had a few films in this category. Um, Fantastic Beasts, just because I had so low expectations, sure. I was considering sure. that because I ended up having an okay time with sure, it. Sure. Um, and then also Pete's Dragon, I just thought was okay. going to be all right, but it ended up being a pretty solid... No, um, no one ever saw that dragon again, Jordan. <laughs> So those were both, but but honestly, what ended up being what I thought would be just a purely cheesy, stupid, uh, dumb, you know, throwaway young actors in Hollywood get a move action thriller type movie ended up being a really solid, fun throughout, enjoyable movie with Suicide just, Squad <laughs> with just the right amount of ridiculousness and sincerity to make it a really good movie. Uh, Nerve was my most surprising movie. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I still yeah, really yeah. want to see that, yeah. Uh, I really thought this was going to be so just over-the-top stupid. Right, you were ready for, like, a so-bad-it's-good movie. Yeah, right? I was. that's exactly what I expected, but it ended up having a lot of legitimate thrills, tension, um, good character moments. Uh, Is it I mean, Black Mirror-esque? No, I wouldn't say it's... Okay. Well, I mean, maybe a little, actually, with the way the app works and people betting their, you know, lives and safety to win big rewards. It's kind of there a little, a little bit. but... It's just, it's a really fun movie with, you know, a kind of coming out of your shell story. Um, I like Dave Franco a lot, so uh, it's, it's always, I'm always happy to see What's him. What's he in, otherwise? Uh, he was in Scrubs okay. the last season. He's been in a few other movies and TV spots, but I always enjoy him when he shows right. up. Word. Um, and this movie, yeah, it just, it surprised me with how solid it was and how, like, when it got goofy, it felt earned. Like, the whole climax of this movie is set in, like, an abandoned gladiatorial arena with people cool. voting on their phones right. while this thing Which goes is, out. Which is, you know, patently but, ridiculous. But, but it feels weirdly earned in the, right. the world the movie creates. And, I mean, I'm not saying it's an Oscar winner or it's anything like no, but entirely it's a, memorable, yeah. but it really did surprise me. I just kind of went and saw it on a Tuesday when it's cheap ticket day. Um, I took the bus. I was like, I want to see this movie. I did, and I was really pleasantly surprised. So, uh, Nerve was my most surprising movie of the year. Awesome. Oh. Am I up? You are up. Okay. So, here's my first uh, controversial pick. Huh. Uh, well, surprising is one of the, a good place for one. Um, that, you know, in some no, circles could be yeah. considered yeah. that. Right. Uh, for me, uh, this is a movie that was savaged by critics. Um, and so, and I knew that it was savaged by critics. I was really surprised to hear the the... the um, destruction, <laughs> the the destructive nature of, of all these reviews, and, and the movie you know has gotten really bad um, box office. Probably is a lar- largely as a result of that. Um, it's it's a film that was based on a script that was uh, one of the most popular unmade scripts for ten years in Hollywood uh, by John Spates, um, and uh, the film is Passengers. Okay, um, I saw. It tonight. I, I'm not going to go into spoilers for yeah. that reason, but I saw it on Friday. And I really, really enjoyed it. Now, I'm not saying this is a masterpiece. It's not. Um, but it is huge. $120 million budget. Huge science fiction movie. One thing that I really like in science fiction is, like, all the trappings. So you go to the future and you see how they eat. 
and the machine that dispenses the food. And ooh, this guy only qualifies for a uh, a workman's breakfast, but this person qualifies for a gold star breakfast. And the different, you know, a lot of times, you know, they make social commentary built into your sci-fi fare, right? And so a lot of times they'll, you know, so depending on who goes up to the auto machine that gives you your food on the ship. You know, it depends on what meal pops out. Just those kind of little details. And all throughout the ship and the way they entertain themselves and the interactive VR that they have. And just, you know, the 15 minutes that's often spent in any great big-budget science fiction movie where they introduce you to the world and the world building. World building in this film is fantastic. Performances in this movie um, were absolutely stellar. Uh, the two of them, for me, sold the relationship um, both when, when they're at odds and when they're together. Um it's really, really enjoyable. Now, this movie, the big elephant in the room is this movie has a big sticking point, uh, an issue that a lot of critics had problems with, and it kind of, that one thing that happens, and it's very essential to the whole movie. Yeah. I'm not saying it's just I a little thing. It, oh, okay, yeah, you no, know what happens yeah. there? Okay, so he is, uh, I can, I'm, I'm going to say this thing because it's really hard to talk about it without it. He uh, is skip, on a ship. Skip a few minutes if you want to yeah, yeah. miss this. But, but he is on a ship. Um, it, it takes nine, uh, 120 years. Uh, to get to a new planet, and there's this company called Homestead, the Homestead Company, or something like that, that the Advent, something like that, that is uh, setting up these cruises, and you pay, you know, fifty thousand credits or whatever it is, and you get to go to sleep, hibernate on this sh- ship, and then go to a new planet, you know, and then the future Earth is, you know, all built up and smoggy, and you know, it's still a good place to live, you know, if you're, you know, in a in a very developed way, but if you want to go where there's greenery and there's still building and growing and beautiful scenery, then the way to do it is to go on these trips. So he is one of the members of the pa- one of the passengers of this ship. Um, and he wakes up after only 30 years instead of 120. Only him. So his pod pops open. Right. And he can't go back to sleep. So he is stuck, basically living out his life in complete solitude for, for until he dies. There's no one to reproduce with. There's no... Um, you know, there's no one to, to interact with or any of that. Um, and then he is hit with this incredible dilemma. Now, I had no idea this is where the film was going. Right. I really thought the two of their pods were going to pop right. open right away. That's what the trailer makes. It yeah, really does. That's how it sells it. It really sells it like that. Yeah. And it also, in the trailer, sells it like there's some malevolent force that like woke them up and is playing games with them. Mm-hmm. That is not what the movie is. Yeah. Um, so... It is rather um, his his pod just pops open, and then after a year and three months of solitude, he's just a drowning wreck of a man. He grows his beard out. He's this close to killing himself, and he finally realizes he's an engineer, which kind of is an important mechanism for the plot. He's an engineer, and he figures out how to wake her up, wake up this girl. And so he's stalked her, so he sees her in her pod, and he's stalked her for a while. He read all her diaries and things like that, and he's, like, fallen in love with the idea of her. And he's just wrestling with it and wrestling with it, and he decides to wake her up, which is a horrendous decision. It's basically dooming her to be, you know, to not have all of her hopes and dreams fulfilled for his own selfish reasons. And so a lot of critics took incredible umbrage with this. Um, and said that it just completely destroys the movie. Yeah. It makes him, you know, completely unredeemable. And then to ever try to sell a love story after that is unethical and impossible. Is basically what what my take on the critics' reviews were. You think that's about accurate? Uh, that's accurate. I, I... Yeah. Um, now, the truth of the movie is he pays incredible toll for it, and whether or not he had redeems himself, I won't give away. But. They certainly don't make it like a, what I saw critics calling it a meat cute or like a way like that they you know met yeah, and like have a relationship. They're justifying it. No, I mean yeah, there's yeah. there is a very serious consequences to what he does, uh-huh. and 
you know, if other things don't happen, there's no way the two of them are ever going to reconcile. I mean, it right. is brutal. So I just really think that it was, I think it was unfairly savage. You guys will have to see it maybe on video for you uh-huh. um, to, to, to give your own opinion because I don't want to, especially with you seeing it tonight, I don't sure. want to give it away. Um, but, and, you know, there, aside from the fact that I wasn't hugely impressed by what it, what it was that actually caused the accident – um, if that had been better, it would have been an excellent movie to me. As it stands, it's just a very good one. Um, I really enjoyed the characters. I, I mean, and also those two actors. They're so good. Well, yeah. I they're mean, so two, fun to watch. Two of the most charismatic in Hollywood right now. And so I was just having a, a really riveting, interesting, fun time the whole time. Uh, yeah. I just really enjoyed myself. And because I went in with the most rock-bottom expectations... Uh, it became, you know, a really surprising, fun, great time for me. Yeah. Um, I just think the movie's getting really unfairly savage. It's, yeah. it's like a 70. It's not a 30. You know what I mean? Right, so, right. Anyway, I that's my it, take. I don't know. I think if you're built on a very problematic premise, it is hard to forgive that. I mean, I can't see... Just no. I mean, I, I haven't seen it, yeah. and I normally try to reserve judgment. A lot of people whose opinions I've respected and seen on Twitter are right. very... Negative towards it, and I, I feel like I can—I know myself well enough to know I'm going to feel that way too, just sure. because it is a huge, like, violation. And it's—I I would yeah. like to see it again down the road, maybe. Yeah, when it's on video. But yeah, to me, it's just that did ruin the desire to see that movie. Yeah, so. there are some—I'll tell you on the ride home on some of the factors. Maybe if you ever want, to, if you're interested, that that I thought offset that fact. Um, you know, but uh, but I hear you. I hear you. Yeah. I mean, it is definitely no, no, especially I mean, when I, you just hear it as a premise. It's like wow. I certainly have questions, but we don't need to take up that time now. Yeah, but, definitely yeah, not. Yeah, no, definitely uh, not. But yeah. I definitely think it'll be interesting to get your take. I'll on let it. you know my thoughts because it's one I. I mean, I had been looking forward to a long time before it came out because I read about it and everything when it got in went into pre production and all, and I love the premise. But right. it was disappointing to hear that like once all this yeah. came out and everything. I think they knew but, it by hiding all the creepy. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. 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 And yeah, don't yeah. get me wrong, like yeah. a person person waking her up first of all stalking her yeah. waking her up and then you know the other thing critics have a big problem with and i completely understand this is the expectation of all of a sudden you wake a girl up and well, you, it's just assumed she's gonna fall in love right, with you right, right, how right. fucking presumptuous you right, know what i mean right, how right. shitty is that right i get that completely sure um i think the movie takes care of it and handles it mm-hmm. uh, but but yeah i get i get completely sure. why people are disturbed by that premise 100 sure, percent. Sure. i just don't think it kills the movie sure Right. Yeah, I'll let you know my thoughts. All right. cool. um, my most surprising movie of 2016 is just one I didn't really as I have like bad expectations going to, but it was one no one knew what was happening, and it was like released in February of all months, um, and it was a sequel to a pretty successful thriller from a few years ago. That was Ten Cloverfield Lane. Awesome. Um, turned out to be um, a really enjoyable standalone horror thriller, um, and. You know, I mean, I, um, I didn't even wasn't even a huge Cloverfield fan. I liked it, but I didn't remember it much, and um, so I just came in. And you know, this is a movie that was um, the original screenplay had no connection to the franchise whatsoever. It was written as a standalone um, horror thriller. Um, Damien Chazelle was actually attached to the screenplay, the director of La La Land and Whiplash, um, and. Um, they wanted to attach it to a franchise just so that they could market it more easily. And God, it needed uh, and, it. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, this is one where you normally I would be against that, but here it actually worked great because a lot of people wanted to see this, and I'm glad they did because, um, for the most part, they didn't really mess with the original script that much. They, you know, they tied it into Cloverfield a little bit in the climax at the end, but I mean, yeah, kinda, it's but, very, but it's they, very, but it's very like much a standalone, and uh, they almost, um, yeah. I mean, it's very, it's that's it, debatable, yeah. Um, but I mean, it 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 made the movie 
sellable. Right, right. Yeah. And I don't know. I love the premise. I loved Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Oh, and yeah. John she Goodman. was close for me also oh, as yeah, far as performances. Great. And she John Goodman, I mean, gave one of his best. I mean, just seeing him in a creepy role like yeah. that was Performances great, like but... that are hard to reward because I, I don't want to, like, even, like, think long enough yeah, about yeah, that yeah, character yeah. to say, like, my that's my very performance right. as, as excellent and nuanced and brilliant as it was. Not nuanced, but sure. as brilliant as it was. Sure. Um, but, yeah, just one that really hit on... Uh, a lot of aspects I think a horror and a thriller should. Um, it just did it really well. It was an engaging premise, and um, the storytelling was really solid. Um, well-directed, well-written, um, great casting. Um, so I really enjoyed it. It was, you know, I mean, my hope is that in the future we can just, Hollywood will trust original screenplays well enough to stand on their own. But for this reason, I get why they attach it to a franchise, but it's one where I don't begrudge them for doing so because it got people to come out and see it and... and they, for the most part, left alone. But, Jordan, what were your thoughts on it? Because I think we had talked about it before. No, I really enjoyed it. I yeah, thought yeah. it was a great movie. I thought it was standalone. And yeah, yeah, yeah. It's weird thinking of Cloverfield as a franchise when it's really more right, just a label. Oh, absolutely. You know, yeah, it's yeah. like saying how Halloween 3 Season of the Witch is exactly. a Halloween sequel. Although that was their goal, was to make it like that. And sure. Bomb. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm interested. I, I like... If it is a way to get high-concept sci-fi horror right. films made is to just slap Cloverfield on the, the cover and J.J. Abrams' name. Right. I'm fine with that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I like that movie a lot. Yeah. It was on my, my short list of films this year. It didn't quite make sure. the, the list. But, you know, I, I would I would love to see what happens next, even yeah. if it's just someone's original screenplay that they slap a Cloverfield street sign. Right, right. I mean, hey, uh, you want to do that? So I enjoyed that one, Yeah. Uh, too. But uh, I, I kind of thought it would be good, so it, it didn't surprise me so much. As well, I was it was just like, because I, it wasn't that I had bad expectations going in. I just had no idea it was happening, and I just no, went I with that. friends one night, and I was like, okay, let's check it out, and yeah, it was great. And it was a year of, of surprising reveals, because Blair Witch was also just yeah. suddenly a Blair Witch movie. Yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, uh, so that takes us to, we're going to start with our big, big three here. Yeah. Uh, we're not going to do all of them in a row, because we still have more categories, but... Our number three film of the year. Uh, Rich, what do you have at number three? Uh, So this actually works really well um, because my number three film of the year was 10 Cloverfield. Wow. Um, I really, and it was a really close tie. I'm going to throw an honorable mention here because it was very close for me. Uh Um, And that is uh, Popstar, um, the two of those (laughs) movies. uh, Now, again, this is where we go favorite best. Popstar is by no means a masterpiece Uh of drama or or a, a, a moving tremendously, although it was more moving than most comedies are, believe yeah. it or not, about friendship and, and, and loyalty and things like that. Um, but as a movie that I went to and had an incredible time watching and that was meticulously crafted in its comedy and the, I mean, just take The Lonely Island who are these genius comedians and, and, and make a film uh, that's that's all about them, That that's a mockumentary about all of these Justin Bieber things. I mean, just the very beginning line, he goes, ever since I was a kid... I was dope. You know what I mean? And then he's playing the drum kit just like Bieber did and Believe and mm-hmm. or Never Stop Believe, whatever it was. Never, I forget what it is. Never I Stop know? Believing. Yeah, I don't know either. Thank God. You know, I'm not a believer, as it were. Um, but it, it, that movie was just, I, it, it's very close for me between those two, mm-hmm. uh, Popstar and, and, and 10 Cloverfield, and I'm still kind of on the fence. Um, but Popstar was just so funny in all the right ways, and it had so many great cameos and so many great mm-hmm. scenes, and 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 that, and it had one of the best dilemmas of the year in where he does his magic trick, and he has his package like tucked in between his legs, mm-hmm. and 
accidentally when he's changing clothes, like the, basically this thing comes down. He's on stage in front of like ten thousand people, and then the whole Twitter audience, and like there's this like this like dressing room cover that comes down and it pops up and he's wearing new clothes and then he goes down and pops up he's wearing a new outfit he's like check out this sick magic trick he does it one more time and there's like an error with the clothing and it pulls off all his clothes and he's completely naked on stage with his junk tucked between his legs and then he's like oh my god i really want to pull it out to show you that i have one but that's the only thing i can't do you know, because he'd be like, he'd be arrested. He'd be exposing himself. So it was just like this incredible dilemma. And it was so, I don't know, it was frustrating and hard to watch, but also so funny. The whole movie is just filled with great moments like that. And it even has reveals, like what kind of farming the guy does. I mean, it's just a really well done. It actually has heart. Sure. I just thought as far and as stellar comedy, music. And stellar music. Just a whole soundtrack of just, I mean, there were a lot of songs that were, didn't even make the movie that were genius. I mean, the movie is just... I love how they did it. I love how they played him and his character. I just thought that was a great movie. Comedy-wise, it's definitely my film of the year um, for comedy. Um, cool. So, uh, so, and then Ten Cloverfield Lane on the complete other side of things. Just a really great take three characters, basically three characters, yeah. and just make like almost, it's almost like a play. You could have yeah. done it as a play on Broadway. Right. Uh, a three-man play, but it's just really well done. And the the drama of these characters and how they sort of, it, because of the situation that they're uh-huh, in, uh-huh. it bring their dreams and desires that are unfulfilled in the world come to the surface in yeah. a really interesting, compelling way. John Goodman's as well, you know, the, the family he wanted to have and yeah. and and what was taken from him and, and divorce and 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 you know his hopes versus what he actually got and his longing for his daughter and sure. there's just a lot of levels and, and in an hour and a half it just accomplishes a lot. Sure, uh, I just think it's a really compelling film. I also love the guy who was it that played the redneck, the third guy in there. Um, what was his name? But he you know, he plays this like kind of the oh sort yeah of the comic relief in that, and then he's the murderer in the movie Hush, which is a Netflix original this year, um, which I really loved uh, too. I reviewed it on Internet Picnic uh, Cliff site, and um, that one he does a great job there. He's like the Michael Myers, and that. and let me say this too, um, it's great that they made it seem like he was going to have a role like that. In yeah, this. exactly. It was a fake out, and yeah. it went really well. So, oh, they, so somebody like me, who's always looking for the next twist and yeah, reveal, yeah, yeah, yeah. got totally played by his character, which was <laughs> yeah. great. It was awesome. Which was great. So anyway, 10 Cloverfield slightly edges out Popstar. Um, we'll sure. talk about my That's list. It's a solid honorable mention. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Kevin, what's your number three? Okay, my number three is a little indie film that Jordan and I actually watched the other day. Um, <laughs> oh, wow. It's one that... Um, you know, I I wanted to see this when it came out in theaters, and it had such a limited theatrical release that I had to wait, and it just dropped on Netflix the other day. Um, this is Sing Street, the, the oh! UK indie film. I loved it. It was, uh, um, as someone who loves classic rock and all that, this is such a great love letter to classic rock and really? roll. It's, uh, yeah, because I thought it was more like Glenn Hansardy shit. I mean, yeah, but it's, I mean, just music in general. 80s rock in I mean, general. I mean, okay. yeah. Oh, it's but, 80s thing. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's set in the 80s. It's just, it's I mean, it's a cure, simple premise. Uh, of, yeah. I'm trying, now I'm blanking on this. A, but, oh, I, I have to look on Cure but, George Michael? Yeah. Oh, George wow. Michael, like, I mean, R.I.P., it, It's yeah. got, I mean, um, it's, I mean, it's a simple story. This um, kid who's at a Catholic prep school, um, he forms a band to try to impress a girl. And it's just a really simple story, but really crisp and well written. Um, and it's just so devoid of cynicism. It gives it has such an uplifting ending that doesn't feel artificial or cheesy or anything. Um, the child performances were really solid. 
um, I like well it. directed. I but like I just yeah, no, I mean the soundtrack is spectacular. Yeah, it's another um, with a lot of great original music. Right. I mean, because John Carney wrote a lot of the songs for it. Um, and yeah, it's just a nice, simple, straightforward, really uplifting story. There. Um, is it compelling? I, like when you're yeah. watching it, do you <laughs> yeah. feel like, oh, I got to see what's going to happen in the next five minutes? Kind of. Yeah, thing? it's. I mean, because it. I mean, it does a really good job keeping you engrossed, and you know that. Um, he has. I really probably my favorite is. I like the relationship between him and his older brother because his older brother got kind of just. It was a college dropout, and I wanted to be a musician, but had been set back and everything, and their parents are getting a divorce, and there's all this stuff, but um, he really wants him to see his younger brother succeed and do what he couldn't, and I really love that aspect of it. And um, But it's just real. I mean, I like just the indie. It just feels so much like an indie. It has that aesthetic to it, and I love the 80s, so the fact that it's set there makes it all the better. But it was just a really enjoyable time for me watching um so it's on netflix now i would highly recommend awesome it's yeah. another from the i mean he's, he's kind of made it made a career recently on those sort of uh yeah. heartwarming music movies he did once he did right. begin again right. with ruffalo and nightly it's uh, one of those... and Haley steinfeld right yeah, 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 yeah. That. um i really enjoyed it too yeah. Um, I love the original music. I like the setting. To me, it was it, the biggest issues is the plot was very standard and a oh, bit yeah, yeah, outdated yeah. in terms of the, like the boy. Sure, that can be nice. The girl. Well, that was thing. It's one of those. It's not like from a critical standpoint, not the best, but as no, far no. as one of my favorites of the year. Sure, easily. sure. No, um, I mean, there's there's a place though for those stories. I mean, they can't be. You don't want to eradicate the boy meets exactly. girl genre. You know? No, well, no. I mean, I would have liked. It was, I felt the female characters were a little underwritten, which is always yeah, mm, yeah. a problem, I think. But I did like the main kid, and I, I didn't feel like he was ever... I, I think they did a good job of him not seeing like, manipulative or anything. Exactly, he was just, yeah, He was yeah, pretty yeah, legitimately yeah. just figuring himself out, so... I, and I he wasn't, like, overtly, like, a downer or overtly optimistic. He was, like, right in the he middle. He was whatever music know? he happened to be listening to yeah, at the moment, which was great. Like, every time yeah. his brother introduces him to a new band, he shows up to school, like, dressed oh, right off one of their album just, covers. That's awesome. I mean, I love that. It's just, um, yeah. You gotta love that. Yeah. That's, a, that's a cool little gimmick that works probably really also, well. Also, a lot visually. of Back to the Future references. Yeah. Which yeah. always scores points. Yeah. In nice. Nice. Uh, all right. Would this crack your 10? Maybe. I, I didn't think that. I didn't play, play that just, much just, out. Uh, you know. Possibly maybe twenty, but not. 10. Oh well, yeah. I think I saw thirty this year at most. So yeah, okay. we'll probably make the twenty. All right. Uh, no, no. Uh, so was that? That's yeah, that's my number three. three. Okay. So for me, this is the biggest movie on my list in terms of blockbuster status. Okay. Oh wait. Uh, uh, so you're gonna start this one? No, this is number three. Oh, you didn't? No. Did oh, I'm so sorry. You? Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> so sorry. Go ahead. No, yeah. Uh, so for me, my number three was a movie that is pretty divisive. It's a big blockbuster. Uh, it's again, it's the only one in my top three that I would call a big blockbuster. Because uh, this year, like Kevin said at the top, it wasn't the best year for blockbusters sure, sure. outside of a couple really good ones. Um, and so for me, it came down to these two films as whether or not they would get my number three. Because my honorable mention right behind this movie uh, is Captain America: Civil War, wow, which I I'm love. Beat it. Yeah, um, I but think I know. Uh, and I, 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 I will talk a little bit more about that movie. Uh, but for me, number three was Rogue One, a Star Wars okay. story. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen all the criticism since, and I definitely agree with a lot of it. There is some flaws in terms of the characters and maybe some of the uh, stuff. That, and obviously a lot was cut. I've seen that since with how generous okay. those character was changed. And it's just it's blatantly obvious from the trailers. And then you watch the movie and like half the material from the trailers are not in the movie. But 
I ended up what's, really. What's the end of what? What is the like the end game of the changes they made to Jin? What, what just is to it? to soften the character. They felt she was too caustic, and while some people I think found that it weakened the characters, I thought this was a movie that succeeded on less dialogue and more emotional performance. And you can yeah. say that's a weak script. I, I don't necessarily begrudge that. Or again, rewrites that happened at Studio Mandate. But I think that both Felicity Jones and uh, Diego Luna did great work with just selling the inner turmoil of the characters. Yeah. And, and again, a lot of that might be just coming from knowing what I know from the trailers. And it's a weird place to be in. That's why trailers are yeah. problematic, I think, in a Well, lot especially of ways. lately. It didn't used to be this way where trailers had scenes that weren't in the movie. At least I don't remember it being that way five, ten Not years ago. Not as prevalent, but yeah. Five, I mean, ten years ago, if you saw a trailer, you could pretty much count on going to the movie and saying, ah, there's that scene from the trailer. Ah, there's, I mean, yeah. pretty much. Or at very least an alternate very similar take. I mean, you know, right. you get... Right, It didn't ever feel like this feels or like some other similar things now. Or like Suicide but, Squad right, or Amazing Spider-Man 2 Squad. a couple of years ago. With but, but there is one... Right, exactly. But there is one really big difference and that is there is so much more money riding on these movies. Uh-huh. And it's part of something so much bigger that the risk-taking, they're really careful. There's a million cooks in the kitchen stirring the broth because the stakes are so fucking high. And that is going to damage stuff to some extent. I think that's why it's so important that you have Feige over at Marvel, who is the, he's the arbiter of the Marvel style, and he makes the final call. And so you have one guy that's making those decisions. And so, yeah, it may feel like a lot of the movies are similar at this point, and that's maybe a downside, but the upside is you get the, the the vision comes through clearly. You know what that movie was intended to be. He gets the final say on it, and that's the end of the story. I mean, granted, the directors get a big say, but, you know, directors well, but, have left but for that very reason. Go ahead. Kathleen Kennedy is basically that person on the Star Wars side of things. She's the head of Lucasfilm and all that, and decides which ones are going to be made. But it's, it's, it's different, it's a, too, it's given different, that but it's, yeah. you know, these movies take place decades apart and they right. aren't meant to tie together. Right, right, um, right, right. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a caustic slash just, just complicated stew of yeah. cooks in the kitchen and motivations and art, artistry and sure. creativity and, 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 and money. And right. there's so much money. I mean, it's not just the, the, ho- the hopefully $900 million this film will make but the way that it expands the reach of the franchise and then brings up to the, you know, we're talking about billions of dollars when it goes all out. And uh-huh. if you make a huge thud, like if this turned out to be a huge dud, let's say because they thought Jen Erso wasn't likable enough, that could be, you know, tr- traumatic uh-huh. to the franchise. At least they're probably thinking, you know? Sure. So so that's what, maybe why this happens more lately. I'm not saying it doesn't suck either. I would have liked to see more of those scenes and hopefully yeah. there will be deleted scenes yeah, or sure. a director's cut or something. There always is. Um, but for me, I just, I enjoyed Rogue One, like, throughout. Yeah. I, did, I did not have problems when watching You had the most amazing response at the end. When you, on Twitter, it was so glowing. Oh, his review, too. Was <laughs> yeah, like, the yeah, review yeah. was incredibly glowing. But the yeah. Twitter was just like, oh my god, I went in with humongous uh, expectations, and I still absolutely loved that movie. Yeah. yeah, I think it's come up several times. I was way more excited for this than I was for The Force Awakens. Yeah. And that it lived up, that I had as good a time, that I loved all... I mean, some of the characters were a little underwritten, and I felt like, God knows, uh, we haven't had an episode about Rogue One yet, but creepy CG Tarkin needs to go die (laughs) in a fire. But, um, everything about it worked for me. I was emotionally invested. Except creepy CG Tarkin. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I feel like that was a bad decision. But I mean, he, it's fifteen. It's it, okay. I'll say eight minutes of footage. Yeah, in, in the it's, movie, it's a it's lot. A long He's game, in it a yeah. lot. Yeah, but dude. that's not the narrative problem. That's a CG problem. It's that another I problem. Agree with. Right. But that's Star Wars. They're always overstretching and trying that was to push a the boundaries. Bad yeah. idea. Um, bad idea. But I really enjoyed it. I was I was emotionally invested. And I get that people weren't. I can see the problems that people have, and I. I I accept those readings, and I'm not saying they're invalid. But for me, when I was first watching it, I didn't see them. I liked the opening. I didn't find it too scattershot. I liked the characters throughout. I saw their arcs, and I really liked this movie. So for me, uh, number three, Rogue One. Awesome. I'll throw in my quick thoughts on it yeah. just because I'm the biggest bona fide Star too. Wars fan. Um, but no, I really, I mean, it was exactly what I thought it would be, what it set out to be, in that it was a nice, gritty Star Wars film. And, and um, a nice standalone story and a good addition to the mythos. It's just like, um, I kind of knew that the catharsis wouldn't be there as much as it is in the main saga because they intentionally wanted to make something different. And right. I appreciate that. So, I mean, I'm very happy that it succeeded. Um, but ultimately, for Star Wars movies, I do go for the catharsis that Force Awakens and the original trilogy bring me. Even though it's very familiar, that's what I go to Star Wars for. Mm-hmm. Um, so it did feel weird it not being there, but I understood why. Um, but I well, loved, I mean, what Gareth Edwards did as far as, and um, yeah, the characters are solid. I would have liked to see more of Forrest Whitaker, but that's just good. I, I, yeah, even a lot of Whitaker got hated like, him in it. Well, it's just, it's just, I was looking back, I'm like, uh, that between that and Arrival. He got really undercut in both. But, I well, mean, he'll be coming to Rebels in, I think, this true. month. Yeah, yeah. So he can yeah. get more Sagar air. Yeah. That's cool. So let me tell you my thoughts on this, because I don't think I've even told you guys. I thought it was just okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I went and saw it on a Sunday of the opening weekend, mm-hmm. and I uh, didn't have that great of a time. Uh, I really wanted to have a better time with mm-hmm. it. I went in there. I'd heard what you'd said about it. Um, I'd I'd seen that it was doing well. Mm-hmm. I'd seen that there was a lot of critical praise for it. I know there's a lot of divisiveness as well, but I saw a lot of praise. And I went, and when, now let me say this. When I was watching it, I didn't say, like, ooh, there's an issue, there's an issue. I just wasn't having a great time, and I didn't know why. It was okay. I was having an okay time, mm. but I never was having a great time. And I think it probably does come down in the end to not connecting with the characters like everybody mm. complains about. I didn't think at the time that that was the problem, but I think long term, uh, when I look back on it and I wasn't just wasn't having a great time in that movie, I think that's what it comes down to. I wanted so badly to like um, the villain. Um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Mendelssohn. Mendelssohn. Oh, I, Krennic, yeah. Krennic, because I yeah. love him in Bloodline. I wanted so badly to love him and his sort of like, I, I don't know, his little snarky, little, little rat, rat that he has. And, See, I liked that he was, he was probably one of my favorites though, because I liked just how brutal he was and yeah. what he brought to, he felt right at home with the Imperial guys and everything. No, definitely. He, he yeah. definitely did, but I just, I didn't like him enough. Gotcha. There wasn't enough there for me to really even know what he was about, why he was about it. Um, the, um, you know, Saul Guerrero, I dug. I didn't have any problems with him. Jin, I liked okay, but she was just too bland for me. There wasn't enough there. Um, Diego was probably my favorite, Diego Luna. I loved him in it, Cassian. Although, I really wish they hadn't, like, undercut some of the emotional impact of the arc of 
you know, people in the in the in the in the rebels do terrible things. I think they undersold it. I think, like for example, when he does that like blast, and he has to kill the informant. Uh-huh. Like they like then they put like a, a sweeping score over it, so you could barely even tell what happened. I was I, this was my impression, and it actually was friend of the show Tim's as well. Like, wait, what just happened there? Did he really just kill that dude? Like, I couldn't even tell. I really couldn't tell. I was like, what? And then I, I did. I I knew that he had killed him probably, but they just they just tried with like music and. And tonally, to just like move past it real quick, I felt. No, I get. Oh. It. I, I've seen all that. I, it, a lot of the things people had trouble parsing to me, I never really ran yeah. into. So I no, no, it. I get it. I get it. Um, but again, all of that stuff aside, and also the last scene, like I, it's really cool. There's some really cool parts of it. Oh, all, of course, um, the, the 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 droid is amazing. He's like maybe the best character in the whole thing by far. I love the droid. Um, not so much that some people do. They're like, oh my god, he's so amazing. And I almost hate to say he's the best character in it because. I, I don't want to just be. I don't want to say he's like that. Like it's just his 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 lines were great. I really liked a lot of the lines. The writing of his of that character was was really good. Um, probably my favorite, like a lot of people, was that duo. Um, Bays and Truth. Yeah, they rule. I uh, would have loved to know more about them. Would have yeah, loved to know why they were with them. But I love them. Yeah. And and yeah, you know, supposedly it's problematic because he used the force like he's a force user, even though he's supposedly not, and all that stuff. I, I don't care about that. I thought it was awesome. I love watching him rock yeah, around yeah. with his, you know, being blind staff, and yet seeing yeah. so well and, and how they had that relationship. And, you know, even um, the director has even hinted that it's possible that their relationship does go beyond friendship. Um, it's just it's just really cool. that them They were really a highlight, um, the, the, that duo. Um, and, I, again, I really like Cassian. Um, but I guess, you know, even that last scene, I, I felt like they also undercut the ending like they made everybody i mean everybody who doesn't know this already i'm sorry but uh everybody dies at the end of rogue one i mean it is it's a tragic ending but it didn't feel like it it really didn't i didn't feel like i was watching everybody die i really felt like i was watching like it's the two of them on a beach you know what i mean and and yeah the, the, it all comes towards them and i just felt like that it was it was a weird it was an odd tone again though if you're going to do a movie that's that has that bleak of a thing happen and it's got to be a star wars movie in this franchise they kind of had to do that and i get it so a lot of these things i'm very mixed when i start parsing it and pulling it apart but overall, I mean, I only had like a 7-5 of a time when I but saw I, it. And so that was my thing. You know, it was a good movie. I enjoyed it. But I didn't love it and I wasn't like, yeah, about it. Like sure. I was like about Fork Awakens. Yeah. So definitely wasn't a bad movie for right, sure. Right. And I like the fact that it gives us all these possibilities for what a Star Wars movie can be. So sure. that I like No, a lot. it's success is a big deal. I mean, that's what they've said. It's not familiar. I mean, Darth Vader's in it with a dumb dad joke line. But <laughs> other than that, and creepy tartan. But other than that, it's pretty much standalone. What was the thing that you had said? I was really curious about this, and I've been wondering for a couple of weeks. I haven't had a chance to ask you. Remember uh, when you were telling me about it, but you had to walk around stuff as I hadn't seen it yet, and you said, um, Krennic, um, the, there was something that happened that really, like, made him not be able to be good. Oh, I just felt he got undercut by Tarkin and Vader. I think I wasn't saying Tarkin was in it, because that wasn't, like, widely... I think it had leaked, but it wasn't widely reported. Right, right. right. He just he, he I think it I think it works because it's supposed to show the bureaucratic sort of messiness of the Empire, but yeah, he just kinda he gets undercut to me. I see. He's like Tarkin kinda slaps him around and then Vader chokes him and he's like, Oh, I guess I'm gonna go try and get my Death Star back. So Yeah, yeah. I see. So he gets he gets like you know, little B I T C H E D'd. Yeah, he's like turned <laughs> into like a little yeah. I see what you mean. Yeah. Okay. All um, right. Alright, so that's the number three spot. Next up, we talked about performer, but what's our favorite character of the year? Which could be 
Uh, again, this is one where I actually had some animated characters in consideration, but I'm going to pass it off to Kevin. What was your favorite character of 2016? So this is one we slightly mentioned earlier. I would need to look up the character's name. I bought it because I saw this movie when it came out in theaters earlier in the year. But George Clooney's in Hail Caesar, I had a blast yeah? with. Um, it was just like, I mean, was Hail Caesar was not like my favorite Coen Brothers film, sure. but it was very good. I, I mean, I really liked that period of Hollywood and um, how it, and I liked that it was different from what the trailer, you know, the trailer kind of put, well, it was kind of two stories, you know, it plays out over 24 hours and it tells Josh Brolin's, you know, he's the producer and then George Clooney is this actor, is this goofy actor. Yeah, I mean, what is it? What is it? Baird Whitlock. Baird Whitlock. And I mean, that's such a Coen Brothers name. It so is. Um, and it just, it's such a Coen Brothers character and he just carries it so well. He's just this goofy guy. And the scenes where he's at those communist meetings and he has no idea what's going on because they kidnap him and, like, they're trying... And he just... You have so much fun with him. My favorite line is when he when they're, when they're, when they're selling their ideas and he yeah. goes, uh, for the little guy? Of course I'm for the little guy. Barry <laughs> Whitworth loves the little guy. That that scene was great. And that just, that's the thing. So that just, He's like, just such a um, uh, uh, go-along to get along character. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because especially, like, you know, I've seen there's plenty of good mix of roles. Like, I've seen him in, you know, Michael Clayton and some, you know, I've seen some of the Oceans and stuff like that. And this was just a very different one um, role for him, and he nailed it. Um, you know, so there's a lot of things I really enjoyed about the movie. I didn't love it as a whole like I do uh, other Coen Brothers films, but um, that character just really stole it for me. Um, awesome. And, of course, this is the scenes with... Um, uh, Alvin, uh, yeah. yeah, and so that was great, but yeah, so awesome. that's my favorite character. Awesome. All right, uh, for me, th- this probably isn't gonna come as a surprise, so I'm not even gonna do that much build up. Uh, for me, it was Nadine Franklin, played by Haley yeah. Steinfeld in The Edge of Seventeen. Nice. Uh, like I said last time, I saw so much of myself in this character <laughs> that it was painful at times. Like, just I related so much, but. Really, it's just she's infinitely likable. She is definitely much... She's definitely in that, you know, teenage stage of everything seeming far worse than it will in the long run. But also, some legitimately crappy stuff happens in her life. Um, She's trying to figure herself out and not really knowing how to do that. Trying to just awkwardly find her way through being 17. And it's just... The character connected for a lot of reasons. Um, And yeah, I mean, kind of of just, yeah, listen to the last podcast where I kind of go on and on and on about all the reasons why, but... I just fell in love with the character pretty much right away from the opening credits, and I gotta see was movie. with her through the end of it. It's good. Um, so yeah, Nadine from The Edge of Seventeen was my awesome. favorite character of the year. Great. Awesome. All right. Uh, so my favorite character of the year um, was one that I raved and uh, jumped about and uh, verbally uh, gymnasticized um, in our discussion of Fantastic Beasts, um, and that is Dan Fogler um, as Jacob Kowalski. Um, the the reason this is more character than actor for me, although mm-hmm. it's both, is because when you see Dan Fogler like just on the street or like a picture of him, it took some real insight to take to, to look at him and say he'd be perfect and let's make him look like this. It's a pretty big transformation into Jacob Kowalski for me in my mind with the mustache and just a just different look. They they took that guy and just made an incredibly good character out of him. Um, and he's a great actor, and he pulls it off amazingly. But I just love that character. I think he just... I think he was the heart and soul of that movie. 
Um, he was our sort of conduit into that world, and I think mm-hmm. he did. It was just a brilliant, brilliantly written character, um, a brilliantly portrayed character. I, I just really love Jacob Kowalski and Fantastic Beast. So that's nice. my pick. Awesome. All right. Um, well, that one, that was a quick category. Yeah. Uh, but I don't think there's any disagreement on any of those. Yeah. But now we're going to get to one that probably is going to have some uh, contention to okay. it. Okay. All right. Most disappointing film of uh, yes, it will. 2016. Yeah. Do we all feel that way about our picks? Oh, boy. Yeah. So this will be fun. I get started off. So here's the thing, and I want to preface this. All the movies I wrote down for this were kind of in a place where it was like, was I looking forward to it that much? Was I that disappointed by it? Because some of the movies on this film were extremely disappointing, but it's like, I had zero... Like, BVS was on the short list for this, too. Uh, it was on another short list. <laughs> Surprise, not surprisingly, maybe. But I was like, was I looking forward to BVS? Was I seeing it because I see all these movies or because I thought it was going to be anything legitimately good? I think I you did. knew damn well it wasn't going to be good, yeah. And then you have things like X-Men Apocalypse, which I thought would at least deliver more than they mm. did. Uh, just based on track record. Mm. Um, but when I really thought about it, when I thought of all the movies I saw this year, the ones I enjoyed, the ones that were only okay, this was not by any stretch a bad movie, but the more I've thought on it, the more I've sat with it, the less of an impression. It's more ephemeral oh, no, in my I know exactly mind. where this is going, and I'm really upset. Every day, and it's... it's really upset about this already. Uh, so my mo- most disappointing movie of the year was Doctor Strange. Um... <laughs> Which I guess Rich figured okay. out. Mine's not going to go wrong. Sure Shit figured that out about a couple minutes ago when he started talking about ephemeral and didn't hit me and all that. <laughs> I, you know, we have a whole episode on Doctor Strange where I laid out my problems with it. You know, I said it was a fairly middle of the road, okay movie, but you know, the drive to reap. Like this is the first MCU movie since Thor: The Dark World that I haven't seen a second time in theaters. And normally I'll go no matter what if uh, Liz, my fiance, hasn't because she loves seeing these movies. But it's been every time we considered seeing a movie, I was just like, yeah, I guess we could see Doctor Strange. And you know, there are good things in Doctor Strange. I don't want to say Doctor Strange is a bad movie. I think I gave it a seven, seven yeah. five, something like that. Nice. But the thing about most disappointing doesn't necessarily mean this was awful. It was just like. Eh, I expected more. Did you yeah. really expect a lot more from this movie? I expected it. You weren't happy about Benedict's casting. No, well, I. Again, like I said, this was not a category where there was a clear winner. It's not like there is another movie on this list. You know, I, I even just trying to scan down it, it's like there's nothing else that that I was expecting. Like Blair Witch, I thought would be fine. See, and it was I thought okay. I thought you had. I, I I thought the tenor of our feelings about Suicide Squad in this room were that we thought this was this was a movie that really did have a chance of redeeming the DCU. DCE. I never said redeem. I thought it would be entertaining, but I never thought it was going to be a blowaway hit. I, I thought, I thought, okay, um, I, I misread that. I really thought. I know I felt that way. Yeah, I did too. And I definitely heard you say, yeah, 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 it. yeah. yeah. Um, I definitely want to give it another shot when it comes out on Blu-ray and see it again because again, Liz still hasn't seen it. But I just, I try to remember the things, and it's like so much of it is. You know, when I hear the complaint that all Marvel movies are the same, there's a lot in this movie that separates it with the visuals. Um, and the cool worlds he goes to briefly. But, you know, when you look at the weak villain and the general arc of his flow through the movie and some of the, the definitely the pacing problems towards the end, it's like the more I think about it, the less, the the bad stuff stands out more than the good things I remember about it. And so, like, I think when I, we ranked it, it was somewhere like, Eighth or ninth, and that was and like upsetting. And now he's going to put it at like sixteenth. I'm not going to put it at sixteenth. I think it's sixteenth. It's not <laughs> Thor: The Dark World bad. It's not. Are you sure? 
I, I probably I, I, I haven't seen Incredible Hulk in four is. or five years. I'd put it on par with Iron Man two, and I probably I again I have to see it again. That's in just... fucking sanity. <laughs> That's in fucking sanity. <laughs> Whiplash. We are now are in the debate round of our. I've seen Iron Man 2 a lot and I always at least have a good time watching it and maybe I'll have a good time had, seeing this but there you, was so we much we saw Doctor Strange together. yeah we did yeah. I was oh, I, know. You, I was you electrified te- no, you were right by, sitting right behind me and you texted me when the credits came on and said masterpiece I was like, like I'm right here dude <laughs> and I have not well I wanted to like put it yeah, in yeah. ink, in ink. You know? yeah, 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 yeah. I just I can't believe that okay it's not a bad movie. It it is one I would watch again. Like there, are, there's no MCU movie I would say no to watching, except maybe The Dark World. That movie, that movie, that movie. So now with but, that, with that, with that corollary, what you're saying is, by virtue of the fact that it's an MCU movie, it meets the criteria of I would watch it again, but not because it's good on its own right at all. No, it's not bad on its own right. It's just I, a lot of what was great about it, it feels very ephemeral, and there were a lot of issues, and I just. I'm, again, I'm not saying this is the That's worst crazy. movie of the year. There's far worse films that came out in 2016, but in terms of like, it really does disappoint I me. That I get why you put it on here because you look. This is one of the biggest MCU fans right here, and he expects a lot of good things from MCU, and it just yeah, came I come out in with have to look back. So that's why we'd have to look back at. Um, I mean, it's your call. You make your calls, but we'd have to look back. I thought, I thought that when we were talking about like last year, when we were talking about what movies we were most excited about this year, I don't remember Doctor Strange being real high, or was it? No, I mean, I wouldn't say it was. Again, there no movie I had high expectations for this year turned out to be bad. Okay. These are movies that I was going to see, and I was like, all right, maybe it'll be good, maybe it'll be bad, and this one just happened to... I, I Just in terms of... I, I Yes, I felt the same about Suicide Squad in that maybe it'll be good, maybe it'll be bad, but this being MCU meant my expectations are inherently way more higher than anything in the DCEU, because... The DCEU has a way there's worse just, track record. There's just so many things to be disappointed about about Suicide Squad, like Joker. It's so disappointing. I had no, now come on, to now. you. You know, I had zero expectation for the Joker to be good. Okay, like right. you can't you can't quote the Joker. But even still, no matter what your expectations were, people were just devastatingly disappointed oh. by that performance. Um, but I mean, I hear you. I hear you. It's your call. I, I just I think that's 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 blasphemy, man. That's blasphemy. I know, it's like, come on, I was respectful of, of some of the things and I, I And I am as well. I am as well. Don't take it as a personal offense. If you like No, movie, I just can't I'm believe it. You. I just can't believe it. I'm, I'm shocked. It's not that I'm uh, not respectful. All right, well, what's your what's your most disappointing film then, Rich? Uh, and this one, again, is going to be very controversial because it actually flies right in the face of one of your favorites. And I don't do it, on, not on purpose, believe me. Um, <laughs> I thought of this right now to spite you. Not at I all. I have it written down. I can prove it. Um, but um, I saw... Um, love Iron Man 3 love Iron Man 3 but even more than I love Iron Man 3 I love Kiss Kiss Bang Bang to me Kiss Kiss Bang Bang is one of the best most surprising most amazingly good of those Pulp Fiction kind of action comedies but with a Shane Black twist and it was the movie that brought uh, um, uh, Robert Downey Jr. back from his, you know, he had a, a drug and alcohol problems, and he was really persona non grata, and it really brought him back into the, you know, spotlight. Um, it had um, uh, 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 Val Kilmer as Gay Perry, uh, and it was just this, just this amazingly fun, frolicking Hollywood tale of action and and sex and 
and and surprises and, and fun. And, I mean, it just the minute you watch it, it's just really really great. So that was my memory of that movie. Right. So forever since then, I'd heard Jordan loved the Nice Guys, loved the Nice Guys. Thought it was so really right. I liked it a lot. Liked, yeah. Okay, liked it a lot. I apologize. I liked it a lot. Yeah. Okay, yeah. right, yeah, right. Yeah. You liked yeah. it a lot too. Everybody I talked to was just like, "This movie is really good. It's a really fun time. Mm-hmm. It's these yeah. characters are really good. They have really good chemistry together. It's really fun to watch." Maybe I was in a bad mood when I saw it because I was like, it was hard to get through for me. Like that's how did much you, I didn't did you put enjoy the it. Actress as your favorite? No, she's great. Yeah, the yeah, the, the okay, reason okay. that I put her as my favorite is because she like redeemed so she many. She stood things. out in this garbage fire. No, of no, no. She, no I don't, I, even, even still, I don't think it's a garbage fire of a movie. I think it's an okay movie. Yeah, it's disappointing. It's but, not yeah, terrible. It, yeah, it disappointed me because I had huge expectations for what it would be. Uh, especially compared to those previous movies and the special Shane Black style I liked. But it was kind of like Ghostbusters where, for whatever reason, the jokes just didn't land for me. Like, I, every time, well, the whole time I was watching it, I was like, that just, I don't think that's very funny and that character just isn't really doing it for me. And I just wasn't having a good time. I almost wanted to stop watching it before it was over. I mean, I probably could have turned it on the next day. Maybe I would have liked it more another day. But I just didn't like any minute of it. The person I was watching it with was just, like, not enjoying it either. That could have contributed um, but I just did not enjoy it at all, and I was really just—I dis- bought—I was so excited. I bought the Blu-ray uh, on Black Friday, which again is, is only like an eight or nine dollar investment, but still, I bought the Blu-ray. I was Less really than a pumped movie to have it. it, right? I was pumped to have it. Um, then, after I watched it, I was like, "All right, I am going to at least go back to Kiss Kiss Bang Bang and like just check it out right now and just see if like maybe I was crazy or like is that really better." Or is it really just the same? I went back to it, and the first ten minutes just grabbed me all over again. And I was like, I love Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Right. I just don't love this. So it's not a bad movie by any stretch. Um, you know, real, the performances are good. I just, I think something about it just missed it for me completely. So for me, that was the most disappointing. Okay. Yeah, yeah. no, I liked The Nice Guys. I didn't come out thinking it was, like, best of the year. I don't think it was ever on my short list. Sure, I, yeah. I just had a fun time. Yeah. Sure. I thought it was a fun movie yeah. so uh yeah. no i don't mind if you again that's disappointing it's like it didn't you had expectations it didn't quite meet yeah. um i think you said kevin's most disappointing maybe yeah yeah, okay. yeah i figured okay. you did i don't want to so <laughs> i don't want to spend too much time on this because we did review it and you kind of know about it but this is ex- for exactly the same reasons you said like i loved everyone involved in this movie coming in that's why i had expectations for it i love the director i love the cast but it was mainly that the jokes didn't land for me. And uh-huh. so that was Ghostbusters. Like, it was like, um, it, you know, it wasn't, like, awful, awful. Like I remember You know Rich, I agreed with you on yeah, this. Yeah, 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 I remember. Like, I mean, you know, like, Richard Roper's review, like, bashed it. And, again, I hate just, you know, all the you know, horrible sexism that led up to this. I mean, oh, yeah, that's, 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 so that's deplorable. Just, yeah, and it was just, it's a shame they got, but... No, this is just one, like, I really had good expectations coming in because I love Paul Feig, I love um, and McCarthy and uh, Kristen Wiig and all them, um, Kate McKinnon, uh, you know, and um, so I just expect, and it, you know, the casting was fine. I would like, like I said, I would love to see them do more movies together. Yeah. Of course, they're great in SNL and everything. But it was just like, you know, I, I and especially because he had just made Spy the year before, and oh, I really loved that Spy one. Is Spy is hilarious. hilarious. Like, it had, like, I loved the humor. I loved that, especially, you know. what's his name? The dude uh, who talked about the fiery deaths he's survived. What was his name? Oh, um, that dude. Son of a mother, I can't That remember. dude. Yeah, Jason State. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. His um, character was like, wow. Right, right. 
And so I just expected that. And so, like I said, it wasn't like, oh my gosh, this was no, awful. No. I was miserable. I time. actually also got but the Blu-ray of that on. It was uh, just kind of uh, like, eh, like Friday. I, yeah, I just came out very eh, like yeah. six out of ten, maybe something we, like that. Yeah. yeah. No, um, like I mean, we, yeah. we talked the whole episode. Sure. I, I think this movie became a battleground, unfortunately, yeah, for a bunch of sexist stupid. idiots. And leave that, and that's yeah, just, no, um, that's a separate that's conversation. Very separate. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, I think at the end of the day, if comedy's jokes don't work for you, then you didn't enjoy right, it. Right, I don't right, think anything right, wrong. I right. really like this movie. Right, right. Um, and in fact, I mean, it wasn't it wasn't near my top three. I think the top three that I have kind of pretty clearly beat everything else. Civil War and Rogue One were the two that right. kind of battled. But sure. for me, uh, Jillian Holtzman, though, was one of my character picks. Again, in any other year, yeah. the, some of these categories, it was like, any, if this movie hadn't been here, it would have been way more competitive. But there were right, clear right. winners in a lot of my categories. Right, right. Um, but no, yeah, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I know a lot of people were disappointed with yeah, Ghostbusters, yeah, yeah, so yeah. I think that's entirely reasonable. Yeah, yeah. I, I liked it uh, because the jokes worked for me, and I don't have as close a connection to the original two mm-hmm. Ghostbusters. Right, like, you um, definitely do. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, those, like, I've watched a lot of, like, 80s comedies with my dad and stuff, and so I just, you know, and I wasn't really trying to compare it super much to that, because I knew this would be different, but... Yeah. I just wanted like better jokes for me, you know. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I love the wonton joke. I like that yeah, one. Yeah, a lot. yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Because yeah. I know just what that's like. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, but yeah. What's next? Next up, I'm trying to remember where number we're at. Two, oh, number right? two. Number Our number right. two movie of the year. All so right. it's a rich. Am I really first on this one? Yeah, we're okay. conversation. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um. So this one uh, is one we just discussed. Um. My number two film of the year. Um is Doctor Strange. Um, that's why I'm so... It's I have so much trouble. <laughs> I, I, no, I, I imagined it was in your... I yeah. knew this one. I, yeah. Again, like I said, making my list, I was like, man, this is going to be a one. But yeah, yeah no. Yeah, I, no, that's okay. Um, so, Doctor Strange for me, like I said in our review episode, is about a man who loses his relevance in the world, refinding it, uh, and evolving to the next level, and sort of battling himself um, in order to achieve this 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 sort of inner peace and, and, and the ability to get these these abilities and, and, and save the world. Um, Benedict Cumberbatch perf- Cumberbatch's performance in this, like I said before about you know this movie being a masterpiece in my eyes, it was an absolute masterful performance. I thought his performance was brilliant. I love his accent. I love his confidence. I love the, the the way he built that character in every way I love when I read about him it, you know read the Entertainment Weekly review when he was talking about it, he says I'm going to make sure that I move my hands in exactly the right way I'm going to study the comics because there are so many fans of this character out there and I want to get it exactly right and and he just took so much care and consideration and it shows in the performance he embodied that character I thought he nailed it. Um, I loved, 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 loved Rachel McAdams as the female lead. Now, granted, she's really just sort of a romantic love interest in it. She doesn't get a lot of agency, which is disappointing. There's a sequel I wish she would. Um, but what she did, she nailed. You know, she's been in a lot of movies. I think she was in The Notebook, right? Yeah. Um, and movies like that where she's really honed, I said this before, her craft at being the love interest or being one of, you know, in a romantic story. She's nailed that. And she knows how to do that really well. And it, it works really effectively here. Um, you could totally see what he would see in her. Um, but she also stands up for herself. When he abuses her too much, she walks. Um then she does kind of just come back a little easily, so that's a little problematic. But regardless, I really, really loved her performance in it. Um, I love now again, problematic whitewashing aside. I really love the ancient one as well. Mm-hmm. I thought that she was 
excellent in that role. I thought she really showed that I thought that conflict between she has to go for this power in order to protect all that is good and that inherent conflict, I thought was really excellent. Um, and I, I mean, I, I really just liked everything about it. But I think the thing that's the best about it is Cumberbatch and the journey he goes on and the visuals. This movie's visuals blew me away. I love, there's so many scenes in this movie that are so good. Um, there's the fights, everyone has its thing. Like, ooh, this is the fight with the armor where he throws people into different dimensions. This is the fight where there's resuscitation and, and like, you know, his, there's a spirit battle while he's dying on the table. Ooh, this is the fight where, you know, some people like it, some people don't, where he outsmarts Dormammu. Um, and, and there's a couple more as well. They all have, they're very iconic, they're all very interesting visually, they're all very different from any other MCU fights that ever happened before. Um, and plus, there was a huge difficulty curve in making this movie, you know, to, to get, to go into the my mystical version of the MCU and make it make sense in the context was a really big challenge, and I just think they killed it. But above all, um, you know, and, and again, the one big problem I had with it was, um, what is it, Chiwetel Ejiofor is his name? Chiwetel Ejiofor. Ejiofor. Yeah, yeah, um, so. You know, his too quick turn and that after yeah. credit scene I didn't love. Right. But short of that, I thought I liked every decision they made, almost without yeah. exception. So again, the villain could have been a little more tuned up. Mm -hmm. um, but but aside from those two two minor gripes, I just thought it was almost a perfect movie. Yeah. So I mean, that's that's literally where I stand on that. So that that becomes my number two uh, of 2016 for nice. those reasons. Okay. Yeah, we talked about yeah. why I didn't like it, so yeah. I'm not going to yeah. begrudge the point. Sure, belabor it. Uh, <laughs> Kevin, your number two cool. film of 2016. Cool. Well, and and yeah, Strange was really cool for me. Um, still, Civil War is my favorite superhero movie and blockbuster of the year. But um, but I really enjoyed it though. Um, number two pick. It this was one. So I saw like a week after it came out because it came out during NC Comic Con, and so I kind of see it that weekend. And um, when I and I had heard all this hype and everything, I was like, oh, that sounds. Awesome. And when I came out of initially, I really enjoyed it. I didn't love it as much as the internet told me to. But the more I process it, I'm like, yeah, this is pretty brilliant. Um, so Arrival is my uh, number two. Okay. Um, and again, unfortunately, is, watch was close because uh, yeah. I'm dying to see it. Sure, and I won't spoil anything. Um, but I, looking back on it, it just it really does succeed at hitting you on an emotional and an intellectual level, um, which is what science, great science fiction should do. Um, you know, I really love um, Denis Villeneuve's other films like Prisoner, Sicario, and uh, I think he did a great job with this. Obviously, Amy Adams gives a phenomenal performance, uh, as she always does. Um, this one especially, she, she just plays a really nuanced character. Um, you know, initially I had thought like the middle act was really, it was a little too slow, but the more I think about it, I actually think it works for the better because like you said, the third act involves a major twist and, um, the middle gives you time to kind of really emphasize the communication aspect that is so central to the movie's themes about, you know, it's about, she plays this linguist who is, um, hired to be as part of the special team to try to make contact with these alien um, to have arrived on Earth. And um, it just, I liked actually the slow-paced uh, nature of that middle act more as I think about it. Um, so it's just, there. I mean, not perfect, but um, the music is fantastic. The cinematography, um, the direction, um, the performances, there's a lot that comes together, you know. 
Um, if it were just a script on its own, it probably wouldn't be as great, but I think what Villeneuve is able to do with it really brings it to a whole new level. Um, so yeah, it, would, uh, it does make my number I two. can't wait to see yeah. it. Mm-hmm. It was a good time. I, You know, it has a high sci-fi concept that yeah. it sets up. It's actually very familiar for our gaming fans to, uh, you know, how Zero Escape sets up the idea of morphogenetic fields. And, you know, you either buy into it or you don't. And I bought into it, but it's also one of those things where it's like, if you think too hard about the science of it, obviously sure. it's not fully there. But Your brain might break, yeah. Sure. But I, I did very much enjoy Arrival, so I, I, it's yeah. a great pick at number two. Sure. <sighs> I wish it wasn't my number two yet. But I've gone back and forth on this because uh-huh. kind of like Rich mentioned at the top, Favorite or best, favorite or best, sure. favorite or best. Which one is mm-hmm. am I going to give right. number two to, and which right. one am I going to give number one to? Uh, I'm going to go, because of how much I legitimately did love what I think was the best film of the year, I'm going to go number two being what I think was probably my favorite film of the year. Okay. Uh, Edge of Seventeen. Yeah. Um, I think that was pretty much a no-brainer mm-hmm. on this list, especially if you've listened to that last episode where sure. I just raved about it, but... There's nothing in this movie that really took me out of it. I loved the central character. I loved the conflict she was going to through. I liked the way all the different relationships were given a lot of depth. Um, her brother and her mother and her best friend and her uh, her crush. Well, well, her crush is a little more of an object of desire, but that, that, that works for the plot in terms of how that all resolves. Um, I like the way that the film ends on a very ambiguous note as opposed to being like, ah, here's the love you didn't realize was there all along. And you could read it that way or you could also read it a little more openly. And I like that because they're teenagers and nothing should be set in stone forever at that point anyway, says the guy who's 10 years in a relationship with his high school sweetheart. But (laughs) the point being, I just, I love this movie through and through and every moment of it was making me smile or making me cringe in the awkward familiarity of it and... There are so many coming-of-age movies that, you know, every single one people can see certain amounts of themselves in. This one feels specifically aimed at me in a lot of ways, and I just loved it. I, I can't wait for the Blu-ray to come out. I want to watch it again. I wish it hadn't. It underperformed, sadly, at the box office, yeah. so it got out of theaters real quick. I keep hoping it'll show up at our uh, second-run theater so that I can go see it on the big screen again, uh, take, again, my fiancé, who hasn't seen it yet. But, no, Edge of Seventeen was just fantastic. And as soon as you get a chance to, you really should seek it out, I think. Um, I definitely no, will. It, did, it definitely gets an honorable mention on mine. It would, I considered putting on my most surprising just because there was so little marketing really around it. And I had only seen one trailer, and I was like, yeah, I'll check it out. And then it, it surprised me at how yeah. good it See, was. I, I saw um, nothing but marketing, but I watched the CW religiously. Ah, gotcha. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So you can bet you, they were they were on there. Do you know what else the director has done? I know it was her first time directing, but she had written other movies um, before. I do not off the top okay, of my gotcha. head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'll look up later. But. All right, so that brings us into our last round of other awards. Okay. Uh, and we're going to start off, we're going to start with a favorite, then we're going to go to the absolute worst, and then we're going to tell you our Favorite film of the year. So, awesome. first up, your favorite scene. Favorite scene, okay. Uh, which brings us to Kevin, All starting right. us off on your favorite scene from some movie that came out in 2016. So this is one, I love the movie. I really considered making putting it in my top three, but just didn't quite make it. But I still love everything about it. Um, but the last five minutes were just the most electrifying part of it. Um, the closing scene in La La Land, the montage sequence there where, yeah, I'm not going to spoil for it, but it's just it's this big, crazy, electrifying montage When sequence. did you see this? I saw this on Wednesday. Wednesday. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, it's just, the, I mean, 
this is a movie that you know, is directed, written and directed by Damon Chazelle, who did Whiplash, and Whiplash explores the very dark side of being an artist, and um, and it's very autobiographical for him because he had a musical instructor mm-hmm. that was brutal in a conservatory, and then this is the very hopeful, optimistic side, and set in classic Hollywood, and it just it's so feel good, and it um, really lifts you up and does all kinds of good, but there's this sequence at the end that is just so beautifully edited and shot um and i can't imagine how long it took to put together but the it, biggest tribute to old hollywood very film, much, oh my much. gosh yes i mean like you just see all these um little nods to and i mean i made the comparison to uh singing in the rain because that's my favorite classic hollywood musical um and this scene especially really captures that feel um it's just so well directed edited shot and um the chemistry between ryan gosling and emma stone is fantastic throughout and it really culminates in this scene uh and so it's one of those that takes years of practice to master that kind of art direction and choreography but it really pays off it's just one of those like you you know it took a ton of money just to make this one scene happen and a ton of people and a ton of thought and i think it really paid off um so it was the most yeah, it's the moment. Just so many rays. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I it mean, it was so beloved. It's movie. definitely my honorable mention. It just like, it, was, yeah. it just hit the. Uh, it just really hit the. It just hit. Yeah, I mean, it like did, all yeah. of a sudden it was like La La Land everywhere. Right, right. Yeah. No, I had seen like one trailer and I'm like, oh, that looks great, and it was, and yeah. Um, was it engrossing the whole time? I mean, the whole time it was I have like, trouble believing that like yeah, a musical that's just sort of about like light Hollywood right, would right. be compelling all the way through but i mean that's i was intrigued, I seen it but yeah i was intrigued it was like i mean i guess the reason i didn't quite make my top three was just i don't know like it, it was what i wanted to be and it was it was good it hit on yeah. all that there weren't a ton of surprises or anything but it was a really electrifying experience okay. um i have no doubt it'll be up for best picture if not oh, yeah, the winner think, yeah. but um so you know i mean critically it definitely goes at my top it was just like to pick my favorites and so mm-hmm. but it's in my honorable mentions but cool. that scene just it's really stuck with me yeah i know for me i enjoyed it a lot um i found it to be because it's not just about old hollywood it no, is also a, like yeah, a, yeah. the the life of a relationship across a year yeah. um and i think it does that really well and i mean gosling and stone or oh yeah you know okay, i mean goodness. a big reason he cat went with those two is he saw them as the closest thing to like a old hollywood couple oh, yeah, this yeah, is their yeah. third film together mm-hmm. um just the charisma and, and yeah they they just they they yeah. work really well together uh so i uh i really enjoyed that movie too mm-hmm. and that 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 ending scene is great um for a lot of reasons that i don't want to spoil <laughs> so right, yeah right and that's the thing i can't really talk about okay. exactly what happens in it but can't wait yeah all right uh my favorite scene so again this is from an honorable mention uh film for me but i don't think there was a moral for me a more electrifying, exciting, blood-pumping, action-packed moment than the airport fight in Captain America: Civil War. Like as I was thinking, the re- one of the biggest reasons, and I actually like the character motivations and the yeah. arcs of that movie. I think it's actually it's really well made, if not quite as good as the Winter Soldier. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the airport fight is just this amazing culmination. Um, the Russos. And their choreographers, they know how to shoot a fight scene. Mm-hmm. They know how to work CGI in without it feeling over the top and like it's, you know, taking yeah. over the scene. Exactly. Um, they can throw Giant Man and Spider Man and Iron Man and Captain America, Black Panther, Black Widow, all these characters into one big brawl. And it's this 
electrifyingly fun 10 to 15 minute sequence that just I you know I saw this movie in theaters three times and all three times I was just enthralled seeing all these fights happen and not um, to mention the fact that it's really the introduction to Spider-Man kicking it yeah I know that helps too in the you know, MCU. How much I love that uh, character but it's just it's a great fight it's not the most emotionally charged fight of the film that's obviously the climax right. between Cap and Iron Man and Winter Soldier um but it's just so much fun. Like, the MCU movies, whatever else you feel about them, I think have done the best job of just capturing the sense of, like, the splash page from comics or that sense of the crossover fun. It, it just, you know, there are problems with the cinematic universe, but the payoffs, I think, are worth it in that you're not getting them anywhere else because no one else has even come close to getting there yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and just the, the, the airport battle was phenomenal it was a culmination of so much of the mcu in just this one brawl that god knows they're gonna have to top next uh wow yeah i can say that now next year with infinity war yeah Uh, so infinity war is 2018 yeah Yeah. god what's this year uh guardian spider-man and thor Thor, yep Mm -hmm. but yeah no my favorite scene just in terms of pure fun i can put that on and have a good time the airport battle from captain america civil war Rich, what is your favorite scene of the year? So I also picked an MCU film, um, and I went with the uh, originally designed by Brian K. Vaughn um, uh, resuscitation scene in Doctor Strange. Yeah, that was cool. I love that. Um, Again, I love how every one of the uh, action scenes in that movie was so iconic um, and unique. And that scene for me was by far the best because the tensions were running so high in there. And it was actually like a battle of life and death on two levels. I just... And and, and that sounds great thematically. Probably worked great in the comic, although I haven't read it. Um, and boy, does it kill on screen. Just loved that. I love, love, love. That doesn't have doesn't make like the most sense in some senses. But boy, visually, it just killed for me. And it really demonstrates everything that I thought that film did well. But when I was watching that scene, I was like, oh my god, they're really doing this. This is crazy. Um, so, for me, that was... Uh, and also, it was emotionally fraught because you really saw that you know, Rachel McAdams really cares about saving his life and really cares about this guy against her best judgment, knowing he's really not, at least at this point in the movie... He hasn't been great to her. In fact, he's been pretty crappy to her, and yet she still loves him. And I, I love it. I think it's a yeah. great scene. So no, it is. Like the favorite. visuals are the strongest thing in Doctor mm-hmm. Strange. So yeah. I won't. I won't blast those. I, I thought you were going to say the mind blowing sequence that um, the ancient one gives him. That's a great. Gets there. That's yeah, a great yeah. scene too. It's just not my favorite, but that's, that's great. Right. Yeah. 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 All right. Uh, so, what am I kicking off? Uh, okay, worst film oh, of the year. <laughs> so. I think it might not come as a surprise that I was going back and forth between two films for the longest time. Where it was mm-hmm. like, is BVS the worst of the year? Is Suicide Squad the worst of the year? Is Batman v Superman the worst because it's so turgid and grim, dark and miserable? Or is Suicide Squad the worst because it's Suicide a, Squad's so much more fun to watch though? Is it just like a clashing mess of tones with no kind of happy or any kind of just? It both of them are messes. Yeah, but you know, it it takes a special movie to come in along and remind you that. There are there are more things that make a bad movie than just you know how miserable it seems inherently. There yeah. there are technical failings, there are plot failings, there are adaptation failings. Uh, so for me, in a surprise last end of the year pick, in a movie that I wouldn't have even seen if a friend hadn't been like, let's go see this, Assassin's Creed is just so <laughs> bad. <laughs> Um, I, you know, if you, like I said, if you've read my review on the site, which you totally should go check out, we've been reviewing films there, um, I, 
I couldn't get over just how miserable a time I had watching this. I can't believe that. Yeah. I, I was having to shake myself to stay awake. Even with all of the... the, the the, the, the dives that he probably does and with all of the like seeing the recreations of those cities and the is it assassin though? Because, fighting look, I here's mean, the thing this movie is about 70% set at the Abstergo Industries okay. right. and you spend maybe really? 15 you get three scenes set in the past okay. that are maybe five See? minutes wow. long That's... and they feel so... like the introductory missions you would run in an Assassin's Creed game you get one of him losing his finger alright right, right, right. I don't want to hear them all but oh my god you get you are you care about spoilers on the dumbest things sometimes. I this know. is a terrible I, I'm film. I'm going to see it, and I want to go in fresh as I can be. I, I'm going to see it, man. Um, you can keep shutting me up, though. I'm going to keep talking, because this is a terrible movie. Uh, it's just... It's lifeless. I mean, mm-hmm. there there's no character to... What's his name's? Michael Fassbender. Right. Like, he's, he's just a dude that they take for a reason that he was a criminal who has an ancestor. Then he has no personality for an hour and a half till he kind of adopts... Theoretically, Aguilar, which is his ancestor, who also has no personality. He's just a really good assassin. There's kind of a romance in the past that plays out weirdly and then muddled. Um, it does such a poor job of explaining... Like, it's nothing but info dump, but in the most boring way. Like, as someone who's played Assassin's Creed, and with this allegedly being shoved in the universe, it's like they're explaining all this stuff that's just like... It's all just sort of flying by really quickly. It's the it's the inherent problem of a video game adaptation, right? Where you're taking something that's 20, 30 hours long. Times three in this case, or at least, with the Abstergo series. Yeah, so all that stuff. And then trying to condense it into two hours. And they are two lifeless hours. There's a whole group where they're keeping assassins prisoner that aren't really doing anything. Michael K. Williams is in this movie walking around i mean it feels like there were cuts maybe because god why would he agree to do nothing in a film well one of the one of the reasons that i'm i'm keen to not have it spoiled is because friend of the show tim loved it not for plot reasons though he'll tell you that he told me that he told me that secrets he said there was there was uh they really there was some really good like the way they handled like mystery in the film and so I'm he just is saying, wrong. I know he's wrong. I know that that is what you say, but and not to blast Tim, he likes to say I have wrong opinions all the time. I'm very happy to say Tim has an extremely wrong opinion okay. on this movie because it's terrible. All the things, and you know, I can't even fully like just to give the opposite point. Tim's arguments are all things I see in the movie too, but he likes for some reason. Right. I get it. Like the fact it. that it doesn't explain anything, and that you don't care about the characters because the characters aren't the point. The point is the mystery. And again, it's a mystery he already knows the answer to. So I don't. It's so it's so bewildering to hear him All talk right. about this. All right, you know, I hear um, you. That's why this is on the short list of four or five films that I God, I wish I'd seen before this episode, but yeah. just couldn't see everything. Yeah. Uh, you're really missing nothing. I hear it's, you. It's also it's just lifeless. I mean, nothing exciting happens. The few action scenes that are there are well done, I guess, but there's no emotional resonance. The reason the Civil War fight works so well is because you care yep. about all the characters. It's the reason that the Batman v Superman fight is kind of okay, but not that thrilling, because who gives a crap about these two terrible characters? It's great right. watching Batman v Superman. But at least they're characters. Like, I, that, that's the thing where it's like, in Suicide Squad and in BBS, the characters have personalities. I might not like supermodeling emo Superman, but I can say he's supermodeling and emo. There's nothing to say about Benedict Cumberbatch's... Wow. Or not Benedict Cumberbatch. 
Michael Back Fassbender's character, he, he drifts from memory. That's how ephemeral <laughs> this film is. All right. um, I got to see it. I I also know that the guy the guy who directed it was like really dedicated to like celebrating these games. Like he went really deep and try. I mean, I'm not saying that the film. No, yeah, there's there's it. a there's an there's a relic room that has like weapons from the past game in it. <laughs> all right. Yeah, I have uh, to see it. I got to see it. And then, yeah, it, it all builds up to a, a semi-cliffhangery ending that is never going to get resolved since right. this movie... It was a huge tank. ...tanked. I think it made, what, a, like $14 million its opening yeah, it weekend? It did horrendous. Uh, so it also feels kind of bad beating on it, but it's like... Video game movies inherently are bad, right? Like, that's the accepted notion. Right. Is that you're not going to get a good movie. There's never really been a great, great one. There have been passable ones. Um, but usually Although for Resident dumb reasons. Although Evil has its sixth... One out or fi- something? Yeah, the final chapter. <laughs> and those always do pretty well, I guess? Or they they're big, dumb or... action movies, but at least they're that. I think I said that in my review, yeah, too. Thought, yeah, if yeah. it were at least a dumb, like, medieval sword and sandals fight movie, you know, it'd be bad. To but be it... fair, though, I do remember when we were playing the Assassin's Creed games and talking about them. Like, you, re- you were definitely on the side of, I wish they'd just get rid of the Desmond stuff. Whereas, you know, and just be in the past. Yes, and I think the movie would be stronger for that here. Right, I but also that. I love that stuff. At, again, at least Desmond had a personality. Right, right. Um, like it's just it's 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 a it's a garbage film. Like it, it is it is the sort of thing that makes you go, why do they keep trying to do video game movies when it should have been a success? When you have Michael Fassbender, when you have Ubisoft trying to shepherd this thing as the start of a franchise that could maybe replace the games being annual. Maybe you do a movie one year, a game the next. Maybe you could. Who knows what they were thinking or planning for this? But after this, it's like let's just go back to the video games where we can <laughs> put the effort in to make it enjoyable. Um, right. So a bit of a rant there, but yeah, Assassin's Creed is just so bad, and, and I don't really have to tell you not to see it, because nobody did. Yeah, nobody so, saw it. Rich, what's your worst film of 2016? So I don't have nearly the passion that you have about that, um, but I was incredibly let down, and not not just that, but just it was a really crappy movie, and that is The Girl on the Train. Um, this movie is, again, it's 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 just, it takes everything, so here's, so okay, so this is based on a book that was a worldwide phenomenon along the lines of Gone Girl, where you have an unreliable narrator, she's an alcoholic, and you're not sure what she saw or didn't see, so the whole time you're like, did she do it, or did some of these other characters do it? Is what she's seeing even what's really happening? Um, And theoretically, that could be really awesome. It could have been, like, a great film. They got great talent. Uh, Was it Blunt? Emily Blunt, I think? Yeah. She's a great actress. Not in this. (laughs) This movie is... A fucking mess. It's a mess. You don't care about anybody. The uh, they they blow what could be an amazing reveal. Um, there's pr- there's one good performance. Um, you know, in 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 whoever uh, male or female is the uh, killer. Um, there's one good performance by that actor slash actress. But uh, and that turn. But I think more of that just comes from the really good premise that it had from this book that was a phenomenon. The movie is just... It's like everything bad about a movie adaptation. It's along the lines of, if anybody's ever seen... And and again, like you said about Assassin's Creed, nobody has. But, uh, you know, Gone Girl was a fantastic film. One of the best films of that year, by far. And um, there's another two novels by Gillian Flynn. Um, One is called Dark Places, and one is called Sharp Objects. Now, Sharp Objects, they're turning into a series for television, which is probably a smart move for that one. Because it's a really colorful southern world that they create in that dark places was a vehicle that Charlize Theron bought and Charlize Theron is 
20 years older, a foot taller, and 10 times more attractive than the actual protagonist of that book. And I don't say attractive like in a good, bad way. It's just the idea of this character is that she's more plain, is that she's, you know, an outcast. And Charlize Theron tries to, like, ugly herself up, I guess, and, like, puts, like, a hat on and boyish clothes. <laughs> and It's I not going to... to the monster length she once did? No, it looked phony, man. It wasn't even the monster level. It was just a horrendous... Everything bad about a vehicle picture, where she bought it for herself to star in it, and she jams herself into a movie that she doesn't fit at all. They had other great actors that just... They totally squandered. And it's a really good story, and they fucking destroyed it. It's horrible. It's very similar to that. It reminded me of that because again, it's this these kind of books where you know there's a big reveal. It's about all these different characters and like you know everyday life and how twisted and sick it can get. Um, but you know, the girl on the train was just a movie that I had such high hopes for, and if I didn't have a better disappointment, it might have been there too because I just really wanted to watch another Gone Girl type movie, and it's just a complete wreck. And and Emily Blunt like tries really hard. Like, there's a really good scene. Where she talks about like what it's like to be an alcoholic and, 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 and you wake up after you know a bender and you just apologize just because you know you probably did some really bad stuff that you'll regret. And then she says and at a certain point you just you just don't even bother anymore and, and she just does a really good speech, you know. So you see that like there was, she was trying to give it something, but the movie is just such a, a poorly directed mess that it just falls completely flat so i was very disappointed and it is definitely the worst film i saw this year although white girl <laughs> that movie that was directed netflix oh, yeah, 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 yeah. was really bad too in all the ways that an indie movie can go too far into indie and be really bad yeah um so i i'd say that would be my honorable mention but for sure girl on the train is my worst no, okay. no question all right kevin what's your worst film of 2016 I don't know if this comes as a terribly big surprise, but I also didn't see uh, too many bad movies because I didn't seek them out. Like, I mean, I had no interest in seeing something. I, f- I feed on I did them it. sometimes. Sometimes, so. I, sometimes I love them for, like, the, you know, like, like part of me wanted to seek out of Egypt just to kind of make it. Oh, but, yeah. But I didn't. Um, you know, I mean, most of my spending money went to comics. and I, read, I mean, comics I read more of than any of the other mediums this year. Um, so I'll have a lot to talk about on that episode. But yeah, BBS was my word. I mean, just as someone it's a terrible uh, movie. Yeah, it's as terrible. someone who is a big DC fan and has grown up with these characters for years and years, and um, I mean, I didn't have terribly expectations coming in because I heard, and, but I wanted to give it a chance, and I just had a miserable time. Um, you know, you can see my full rants on that in our uh-huh. episode. Um, but I think the most frustrating thing about it is that. You know, Man of Steel is a misreading of Superman's character. It's not awful, awful, but it was. Eh. Well, uh, but I mean, to be fair, but they think that they're doing something ingenious. No, and I, I get. They're I mean, like, they're but, like, this would this person, if he really existed, would be considered an alien by people. Well, we're, and we're I get gonna that. tell the alien story. I'm just telling you, that's what they right. thought they were doing. No, and that's very so, true. Can you but, call it a misreading? Well, I don't no, know. I think that I mean that's very true, but I think. Um, Max Landis's Superman American Alien does a such better job. I that see. same approach. I see. But there's a difference between like Alien and then just making them a depressed emo character. I and see all what that. you mean. You know, I see and what so you mean. absolutely, so, so the Superman alien is going to have. So the Alien thing is more about what people, how people see him, but right. how he's actually acting was exactly. completely fucked. Exactly. Got so it. I mean, absolutely, he's going to have wildly different struggles as he's trying to balance the human and the alien side of him. Sure. But... It's not going to change the essence of that character. Right. And especially here, they had an opportunity to 
created economy between him and Batman by making Batman the dark brooding, which uh, they did a great job with Batman, but um, but we've also seen great interpretations of Batman before. But Superman is supposed to be the more opposite. Not that right. he doesn't have flaws. I'm not saying he sure. has to be the goody two-shoe Although he always has been. <laughs> but um, there's definitely, I mean, if you look at modern Superman stories, there's definitely an opportunity to well, make him... They had to. Um, they had to because... Yeah. Every, people weren't buying Superman comics. Superman comics were mad boring right, right, for a right. long, long time. And they were like, what are we going to do to make this character not insanely dry? Right, right, right. Um, and they have really well. Oh, yeah, and especially in the Rebirth. I mean, the trade comes out in about a week or two. It's good. I'm definitely going to pick that up. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, I, you know, like I said, I love American Alien. And, um, you know, I mean, I, they made an effort. But, yeah, it just I really had a miserable time with this one. And um, that wasn't the only problem. There were numerous. But plotting, tone... Um, yeah. like Luther, all these. Things. I mean, there are a couple of things that I liked about that movie. Generally yeah. speaking, it was really, right. real bad. Right. So yeah. Yeah. All right. So that brings us to our favorite or best film or however you can do it. The year, the big one, twenty sixteen, the big one for uh, the joy of film podcast. So Here we go. This I'm should be fun. Uh, well, Rich, what? Am I really up? You are up. Okay. <laughs> what? What do you say? It's the best film of 2016. Um, I got a surprising one, but not not. But I think you guys will agree that it's a fantastic movie. Um, I do not like animated movies generally. I don't see them. I don't seek them. Um, not because they're not great, but because there's. I just have always had this aversion. There's something about it where I just don't feel like when I see a movie like. Um, uh, let's see if I can think of an example. I mean, I know that I haven't seen The Incredibles, and I know people say you got to see oh, that. Really? And oh. I have, but like, I'll give you an example, like Toy Story, like the first one or whatever. I like it, but but I just don't. I don't know. I'm not going to trash oh, yeah, Toy yeah, Story. Yeah. That's not a good example. But it doesn't hit you on the same level that it does a lot of people. Yeah, some people go see all those Pixar movies like the way that people would go see a Marvel movie, and they're that excited. Oh yeah, no, I do. It just yeah. isn't yeah. that way for me, right? Yeah. It never has been, at least. I just for some reason sure. always discount animated movies. Okay. For some reason, I just don't enjoy them as much. I, I don't know. I don't know what the problem is. And I'm, I'm getting over it. It's, sure. it's definitely a problem because I know they're great. Yeah. But I'm trying to get over that. A big step towards that this year was Kubo. Um, nice. And is it the six strings? The two, the two strings. The two strings. I, I always mix that uh, name up. If you guys listened to when I saw that movie, I was mind blown uh-huh. by it. Now, I also haven't seen any of the other movies by that studio. Uh-huh. So that's another part of it that to me, this whole world of, of richness that they've been building... I hadn't been privy to previously. So for me, I was getting exposed to all of that all at once. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But to me, this story was an absolute like folklore masterpiece. It was insane, the journey they took me on. I went across the world with this movie. Yeah. It was emotional, and it was romantic, and it was traumatic, and it was interesting, and it, and it was colorful, and it, it just had these gorgeous set pieces and gorgeous art. And it was just, it was just everything that people have been telling me animation can be. Um, and it was just as resonant and emotionally powerful and captivating as any dramatic movie that I've seen in a mm-hmm. long time. I just fucking loved Kubo and the mm-hmm. Two Strings. I just think the whole thing was, and I loved his his mentor character. I loved him. I love McConaughey as the Beatle. I, I just I just loved it. I also famously said it's it's kind of emo and it is, but regardless of any of that, it's just such a good film and and it's and it's just evidence of how 
you know, you can go beyond what you can even do in a in a in a live action drama because of the palette you have uh-huh. and the just the the I don't know. It's just such a deep, compelling, great film. I love it on every level. So no. for me, Kubo and the Two Strings uh, gets my film of the year. And there is a caveat to that. And that is, unfortunately, there are a couple things that I know I would absolutely fall over and love that I didn't get to see. One of those was Snowden. Mm-hmm. I know I'm going to love that. I'm almost sure I'm going to love that. Um, another one was Nocturnal Animals. Yeah, I, see I know I'm going to love that. I really liked A Simple, a Single Man by Tom Ford, his first film. I know I'm going to like this one. Um, I didn't see freaking Arrival, which yeah. is like the biggest omission. I didn't see Assassin's Creed. Apparently, that's not a big issue. No. Um, <laughs> and, and I didn't see Moonlight. Uh, which I yeah, I want to see. Midnight. I don't really want to see yeah. that one because I know that that one is going to be a masterpiece mm-hmm. about you know what it's like to grow up as a gay man in you know Black America and what that must feel like and how alienating it might be in certain areas in Miami in this case. Um, and then the the one that I really think might take my best picture, like I just from everything I've heard about it, is Manchester by the Sea. Mm-hmm. I'm dying to see that. Everything about it looks great, but I haven't seen it. So with the caveat that those are my big omissions for the year. Mm-hmm. Kubo and the Two Strings, it's going to be tough for any of them to beat it because that film is an absolute masterpiece. It's flawless in my opinion. There's not one thing I would change. That said, though, there's a lot still to see. So, no, Kubo was was a really good time. Like is a great studio. I think the I mean, Box Trolls is their only kind of miss. Of I a still movie. like Box Trolls though. No, it's not bad. It's, not, yeah, it's just yeah, it's yeah. not Coraline. It's right, not Paranorman. Right. It's not Kubo. Yeah. Um, Paranorman is my favorite. I would say. Yeah, yeah uh, Coraline's. Still one of, I think, maybe two or three films I've seen in 3D, and it was enhancing 3D oh, as cool. opposed yeah, yeah, to, like, yeah. show-off 3D. Yeah, sure. It has They Might Be Giants music in it. Uh, but anyway, no, all of their movies, they're meticulously put together. They're fantastic. Like, and I love I love this, the Kubo ends with, like, showing off the big skeleton that they fight and how they made it and put it together and had it moving. Um, I really enjoyed Kubo. It wasn't my, like, the only other honorable mention I had was Zootopia, which I think was the best animated film of the year for me, uh, just because of all of the deeper allegories, the enjoyable characters, the thought, how well thought out the world was, how gorgeous the animation is. Um, but no, yeah, Kubo was fantastic as well, so not a bad pick at all. Uh, Kevin. Okay. Um, so my favorite of the year is, a lot of people didn't see, it's not going to win any awards, but it was weird, it was really good, I picked my favorite actor from it earlier. Oh, um, I know what it is. Swiss Army Man. Wow. Um, I like it. Okay. It's just one that, like, totally surprised. I didn't really see anything or hear coming up to it. I saw it with a friend here. She likes a lot of indies and obscure stuff, too. And, um, yeah, I saw it over the summer. And it was just so refreshing to see something so, like, brave and original. Um, it's a premise that would scare people away, but it's so much more that it's scared me away with the whole flatulence issue. Yeah, I mean, it's a movie. I mean, Paul Dano plays a guy who gets stranded on a desert island and he befriends a farting corpse played by Dana Radcliffe. And uh, just that alone sounds incredible. It is bizarre. It's very weird and um, eccentric and just so many things. But yeah, it was one of the last reviews I did for all that's epic and um, which I'm surprised they let me do that because they're usually more mainstream. But, um, yeah, it's just, I don't know, it's directed by these two guys who had mainly done music videos before that, um, which you can kind of see here, because it's, like, in some ways it's sort of broken up into different vignettes, um, and just kind of, like, asking a lot of questions, and, um, so there's commentary there, there's just really good characterization, um, the filmmaking is really solid, and, um, there's some good soundtrack, there's really good cinematography, it was just one of those experiences that um, it's hard to describe because it's so unique, you know. Um, 
And, you know, I know it wasn't going to do well or by any means or get nominated for much. I mean, it might get maybe some, like, smaller size and um, maybe win a few indie awards or something like that. Um, but, you know, it's not Oscar bait material. But it's just a really unique, weird film for me. I'm surprised that I really it's enjoyed. not. I'm surprised it's not somewhat Oscar-y. Yeah, I don't like know. Like Paul I mean, Dano, maybe, or well, I mean, who knows? I mean, I mean, it's basically a solo performance in a lot yeah, of ways. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it could get. I mean, you never know. I mean, Oscars these days I consider more a popularity contest, but um, they do nominate like ten movies for best picture these days. Mm-hmm. So who knows? There's a chance, but um, but yeah, I just really enjoyed that one. Word, awesome pick. Yeah. Uh, right before, I kind of like Rich, there are a few movies I kind of wish I'd seen this year, uh, that I didn't. The Lobster was a big one. Um, there was Don't Breathe, which I actually, funny story, I actually did try to see two days ago, because it was at the theater across the street. The, (laughs) the heating was out, so I would have been sitting at an icebox, and I was just like, I ain't feeling that. I want to see Don't Breathe. You Um, like Don't Breathe a lot. But yeah, I don't want to see my own breath while I'm doing it. Uh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, no, yeah. Uh, so uh, for me, there are a couple of movies. I don't know. I don't. Lobster might have. I, I don't know. I because I have no. I have no point of reference for that director. Um, so I don't yeah, know whether yeah, I would have yeah. loved that movie or not. Sure. Uh, I think I would have. Manchester. I have no interest in that. Okay. Uh, just and even if I did, I might like it, but I can't see that being a film that would make my top. Okay. Uh, for me, like I said, it was between favorite and what I think the best I saw this year was. And it was it was tough. I was going back and forth, back and forth. But ultimately, there's so much in this movie that I do love that I can't get out of my head that I keep thinking about and working over and the, the depth to it and the emotional maturity, the way the ending, you know, doesn't skirt around, the way things probably do happen in real life a lot um, in service to your dreams. Uh, for me, La La Land was the, the best film I saw nice. this year. Um, just from from the opening number, which apparently a lot of people think is like kind of a worrying sign. I really liked it. If anything, our, our I like the opening. Yeah. Our theater had the sound kind of weird at the beginning, so it came yeah. through a little off. But other than that, just throughout, um, the music is fantastic. Uh-huh. Like I I have been. We actually hunted uh, on the way back to Raleigh several stores trying to find the soundtrack, yeah, yeah, yeah. and we mm-hmm. could not. We find, uh, my mom actually got a copy that she found at Walmart that she's going to send to me. Um, but I've been listening to those songs on YouTube. The, the Do you have a favorite song? Right. My favorite song... Uh, I like City of Stars a lot. But, yeah. City of Stars is really good. I'd probably go with either the opening number or okay. um, Emma Stone's audition song. That was good. The, yeah. When did you see it? Uh, Christmas Day. It was our Christmas movie. Nice. Uh, and it just... I loved, I loved the way it was set up. I loved Ryan Gosling's character. I love Emma Stone's character. They really, they anchor the movie. I mean, it's their stories. You know, he wants to be a jazz musician and he wants to start a club and bring jazz back to life. She just, you know, she's trying to make it an actress. And, you know, everything about the behind the scenes to this movie is fascinating. I mean, he's had this script written for like seven years now and he actually almost was going to get it made, but the studio wanted to make all these changes. They wanted to change from a jazz musician to a rocker and he was just like, no, I'm not feeling that when we make this movie. The way I see that it, or not up. at all. I mean, from what I've seen, that yeah, would yeah, fuck that it up. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so, you know, he passed on making it. And, you know, Whiplash gave him the cultural clout so, to be able to make his passion project. And now it's probably even bigger than Whiplash. Right. Oh, I think um, it's definitely is. All I hear is just, like, it's such a... I mean, it's it's even more Oscar bait than things like Moonlight. Yeah. Because it's a love letter to everything that is film, from what I hear. But yeah. it doesn't feel... Like, it obviously has Oscar, you know... 
eight. Yeah, uh, signposts. But right. this isn't a movie he was making to win an Oscar. This is a movie he's passionately exactly. wanted to make for exactly. you know like more than half a decade, if not longer. Right. Um, and it's just it comes through. He puts so much work into it. Um, and honestly, seeing it compared to other movies only increased my appreciation. Mm-hmm. Seeing it in comparison to Sing Street, which was another. Yeah. You know, musical movie made me really connect, see how much more I connected with those characters and how much more I liked that music and sure. how much more I liked the the ending and, and the, the bittersweetness of it. Um, sure. You know, it's a movie that made me cry a couple times, get teared up, because it's very emotional. You connect, like Emma Stone and Ryan Gosling, um, particularly Emma Stone, is yeah. just so easy to instantly connect to. And she puts mm-hmm. so much effort, both of them do, into their performances. Seeing it in comparison to Hail Caesar made me see just how lovingly crafted it is as a love letter to a very specific part of old Hollywood and it feels so much stronger whereas Hail Caesar felt like kind of scattershot this felt very unified and being like no we loved those old musicals and we want to make a new one and celebrate that and just everything throughout the music the performances the there's a there's a gorgeous scene in the middle of the movie that feels like a live action Fantasia segment Um, it really just it, it was beautiful and so much of the movie is like that there's, so it's it never so, gets boring. No, I, I didn't find it. That's the worry I have going in is that I'm going to be like listening to song after nah, song. No, you won't get bored. Like, like not that the songs won't be great, but like it's like the songs would be great on my stereo in the car. But that trying to find that like oh, if anything, I, I would have liked by the story. more music. Honestly, it's it's fair. I think light touch on how many musical yeah. numbers there are. Oh, so there's drawn there's there's not there, it's not a hundred percent music. No, it's oh, only, not at all. No, it's maybe yeah, like thirty yeah. percent songs. Yeah, it's oh, a lot. actually surprising. Oh, I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah. No, it's I thought it was a musical musical. It's okay. the character drama between Gosling, mm. Stone, their career aspirations, their love for each other, um, their wow. struggles, and it's so familiar. So many of the speeches are you know things I've considered. The relationship stuff is so familiar. There's the the there's a scene where the two of them fight, and it builds so naturally and realistically, yeah. and it's so awkward and skin crawling, and it's just it's like that throughout. It it is. Hard to find a flaw with this movie. It's getting all this praise. And, you know, I'm not one to just chase critical buzz. I think if you look at our past favorite, like last year's list or, you know, anytime I've talked about favorite movies in the past, uh, you know, I I don't try to agree with critical consensus. But I think in this case, it is very well earned. I loved La La Land. It's great. And it it stands as, you know, Edge of of 17 is the one I'm most connected to probably and and will... Mm probably come back to more but then again i have that soundtrack and i've been listening to those songs and i, I keep thinking about the world and the characters so yeah la la land for me uh was the best it must film. be really good wow and i kind of i'm kind of glad it worked out that he made whiplash first because like i said the juxtaposition there of the themes and how it approaches art and dreams and everything i like that it did that first and then this you know it was funny to me because i didn't re- i didn't know he had directed whiplash before uh, i saw yeah. it and i was like why is J.K. Simmons here? It's such a yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, like a, yeah, J.K. Simmons has a really it's basically cameo, a cameo and it, yeah. And it's like, why did they? Yeah, and if you didn't know that it, that they have a, they have a solid Flash. relationship, right? right. That, and that he could just come over and hang out for a day, right? In either right, role, right. right. Exactly. It also doesn't hurt that he. Ch- I, I now know he changed the casting and, and didn't. Like originally, this was going to be Miles Teller and Emma Watson. Uh, and I, oh, Emma Watson's good. Emma Watson is good. I don't like Miles Teller for much. No, he he just strikes me as kind of a. Tool. Yeah, pretty so much. So I'm, I'm kind of happy he wasn't him. Uh, but, no, yeah, everything worked out perfectly for this to be just a fantastic film. Awesome. 
Well, there's some solid, very diverse yeah. picks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm feeling very it. diverse lists. We didn't have a lot of crossover. No, we really didn't. Um, we really didn't. Yeah, that and I still good. gotta see like Silence and Live by Night. Yeah, no, yeah. I mean, we're gonna have yeah. more film episodes in yeah, 2017. Yeah. Sure. Uh, right. 2016 was a great year to start off with the film show uh, more fully. Uh, but we are excited to be doing our best of the year episodes. We're gonna try there and get these all more. out. Yeah, before. Hopefully yeah, mid-February, yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Er, earlier if possible. Uh, as we're recording this, there's one more pre-end-of-the-year show episode in, in the whole waiting to come out, but then it's going to be another best of for the rest of uh, this little while. Awesome. And uh, yeah, as far as where you can keep up with us, though, and what's going on, you can find us at thejoyofgeek.net, where all of our written work is. You can go to thejoyofgaming.com for our episode archive. Uh, 2016 was a fantastic year. We had more episodes than any other year ever. Yeah. Uh, we're going to keep that trend up here in 2017. You can find us uh, Facebook, The Joy of Ga- Geek, The Joy of Gaming. Mm-hmm. You can find us on Twitter at The Joy of Geek, or at The Joy Twitter of Game. Yeah, we'll uh, we're, we're working on we're that. Right yeah, on yeah. that. We'll, we'll uh, and that. you can find me personally at Indigo Master, E-N-D-I-G-O-M-A-S-T-E-R, on Twitter, where I'm tweeting about all kinds of things, including all of my uh, comic projects. And the things I watch and like. And you can find jordanelsega.tumblr.com for other written works. Kevin? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at KWSchafe. That's K-W-S-C-H-A-E-F. And on the Joy of Geek site. And you can find me at, at RichThepore on Twitter. Um, and you can find my written work on the Joy of Geek. And you can find me um, on all of these podcasts that we love to record and enjoy bringing to you. Uh, pretty much every week, if uh, if not more or slightly less often. And, uh, man, it's been a great year. It really it has. It really has been a great year. I've really enjoyed uh, recording with you guys. And, um, you know, uh, you know, this is, I guess this is just the first of these episodes. But, you know, here's to, uh, here's to you know, 100 more. I think we had like our 96th episode or something like that. Uh, here's to uh, here's to 100 more. Right? Yeah. Or 96 yeah, more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's a very so, specific number. Then we stop. Right, yeah, that's, that's it. That's it. That's it. What is that? 192, right? 192. Yeah, that's right, the dream. That's <laughs> it. That's it. That's the cutoff. But uh, on that note, uh, my name is Rich Lepore. Jordan Alseka. Kevin Schaefer. And we will see you real soon. Take care.